Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie-related show on the planet Earth, the John Campy Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around to talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, and all sorts of good things. And for those movie friends of ours living in the United States, happy Memorial Day. It's good to have you guys with us. Hope you guys are getting ready to have some barbecue. We will be later if we can get Ray to come over and barbecue. <laughs> and uh, we hope you're having a great time, whatever you're doing. Joining us here on this Memorial Day, sitting over here, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? John, uh, it's great to be back. I mean, it's been two weeks since I've sat next to the lovely Chris Carr. Yeah, oh, that's right, because when you were back last week, Chris was out, yeah. not yeah. going to Star Wars Celebration. Hot yeah. toy killer over here. It's yeah. great, I know. great to be back with you. That's such a bummer Star Wars name. Well, there's Mother of hot Dragons, Hot Toy Killer, hot Chris toy, Carr, Killer hot toy Hot killer. Toys, <laughs> Thrower of Babies. I won't say anything. <laughs> Throw of babies. Sitting next Just to Rob, to here with you again. of I course, is you. Chris Carr. Chris, you how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm going to go axe throwing after this. Oh, that's right. You Isn't were telling that me terrifying? that. Are you doing that for real? Yeah. I'm not letting you take a hot toy with you. I was going to tell her, Anne goes like twice a year. She like, Anne that makes loves sense. Anne is throwing. fierce. Totally loves it. Sitting over there. Ray Ora is here joining you guys in the live chat today. Ray, how you doing today? Are you doing this? Hey, how are you doing? Are you doing this by yourself or are you taking Logan? What? Logan's supposed to come if he can get out of work and I'm going oh, with friends. Oh, okay. Because then we would have to warn Logan. <laughs> Ray, is that a new moon beside you? Yes, yes there is. Can you guys see it? Well, there's that one. And then there's and then a new there's one beside one. him. The, yeah, the, the, the moon three moons. There's three moons. Three moons. Yep. And over beside uh, Ray running the show today is, of course, producer Jonathan, Jonathan Boyko. Hey. Jonathan, good to see you here. And you're buddy? not frozen. Yay! I'm not frozen. Yeah. New camera. New camera. No more freezing for that. And uh, guys, it is great to have you here today. And here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it up into two parts. Of course, the first half of the show, we're going to take some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. Now, if you'd like to get a live comment or question in on the second half of the show, number one, you've got to be watching live. Uh, and then number two, when we get to the end of the final main topic, we're going to announce that we're opening up the Super Chats. That's when you guys can jump in and start firing them in. Be quick, though, because we only leave them open for a couple of minutes, so make sure you get those in there. Also, a little bit of house cleaning. want to remind you guys that if you need your daily fix of the John Campia show, but you can't always be in front of a YouTube video, maybe you're commuting, you're at work, or you're at the gym, there's good news. There is an audio-only version of our show that we simply call the John Campia Show Podcast. It's an audio version of the show, so you can go on your favorite podcasting app of choice. Go subscribe to it today, so it'll be there when you need it. Also, we have a separate podcast feed for our mailbag episodes. So if you want to keep up to date on that, just search for Mailbag, a John Campia Show Podcast, and subscribe to that today as well. All right, guys. With that all down, let's move into some topics here. We're going to start with an off-the-top and the one is this. Now, Nicolas Cage is an iconic name in Hollywood that has gone through several phases, I suppose. There is the Academy Award winning all time celebrated phase where he is a multi time Academy nominated <laughs> Academy Award winning actor. I freaking love the dude. Then he went through a phase, a long phase, which some might say we're still kind of in, where he was doing like a lot of direct-to-video movies and kind of, you know, paying the tax bill. Yes, sort the of tax bill phase. Fa the paying the tax bill phase. That's a perfect way to put it, uh, of his career and all that kind of stuff. W with little bright shots of resurgence. Like, again, him as Big Daddy oh, so in Kick-Ass 
makes that movie. Yeah, like you don't realize it until you watch Kick-Ass 2, which he's not in, and you realize it's still good, but mm -hmm. you realize mm, this thing has got a big daddy-shaped hole in its heart. Yeah. And it really <laughs> needs Nicolas Cage there. And then of course, kind of capping the resurgence thing, we had what is it, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. I I'll be honest, I didn't love it as much as a lot of people did, but I was still quite entertained by yeah. it. And I love Nick Cage. One of Nick Cage projects a lot of people have been clamoring for is a National Treasure 3. People have been wanting another National Treasure. Now, of course, Jerry Bruckheimer, the producer of those films, he came out a while ago to suggest that they are going to look at making another one. But that was many, many moons ago. And really nothing has been heard about it since. We even had some of our own viewers writing in asking, is this thing still happening? Well, according to Bruckheimer... Oh, yes, it's still happening. Uh, Jerry Bruckhammer was being interviewed about his new big film, Top Gun, which we will talk about in a little bit here. And it, during that conversation, it got brought up and asked if they were still going to be doing something with National Treasure. So this comes to us from the folks over at MovieWeb who wrote the following. During an Ask Me Anything on Reddit via about Top Gun, Bruckheimer, who produced both films, answered a fan question about his thoughts on working with Nicolas Cage again. And he replied, this is the producer, said... Absolutely. I love Nick Cage. He's a brilliant actor, and we are currently working on the script for National Treasure 3. So it's it's official. Like a lot of people wondering, is this thing even still happening? Was it a neat idea that kind of maybe it was one of those ideas that they just kind of put out there to see what the response was? Went dead quiet, but apparently they still want to do it. Rob, is a national treasure really still something people want to see today? Do you think this thing's actually gonna happen? Well, they, you know, didn't they announce the National Treasure TV series? Recently? Oh, yeah. Well, they that's did. it's done. Like Catherine Zeta-Jones is in it. Yeah, and that's so coming they did out. that. That's coming out on Disney Plus. So it makes sense to me with all of these legacy sequels and reboots and things being made. I think National Treasure is one of those franchises that people just smile when they hear about it. Yeah, they like. I mean, because it's it was I, it wasn't great, but it was fun. You know, it was it was a breezy adventure. I thought it was both of them actually were pretty satisfying. I thought they were, you know, and 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 whenever Jerry Bruckheimer makes a movie, there is a polish and a sheen to his his work. I mean, all the way back to he produced movies like Thief in the early 80s and Paul Schrader's remake of Cat People before he teamed up with Don Simpson and everything they did. I just got um Beverly Hills Cop 2, the 4K disc, and I forgot. I hadn't seen that movie in a long time. And that's got that Simpson Bruckheimer sheen. And you're like, wow, man, I missed that. We got a little bit, we got a big bit of it in Top Gun. So, yeah, dude, I would be totally up for it. Look, give it a good plot, give them some good co stars, make it a, a team effort, you know, some kind of, I don't know, collaborative team thing, which is part of those movies. I'd watch it. And of course, don't forget about the National Treasure TV series. They recently announced, and we talked about on the show, that the guy. From Justin uh, Bartha. Justin Bartha, mm -hmm. thank you, from the Hangover yeah. franchise. And of course, was his kind of assistant in the he is going to be in the TV series mm -hmm. as well. So this is going to be a connected universe kind of thing that they're doing. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it could be like the X Files movie where one season ends, leads into the movie, and then the ramifications right. are dealt with in the next season of the show. I I dig that. Anyway, 
You saw this, mm -hmm. Chris. What do you think about this? Would you even want another national treasure? Do you think there's going to be an audience for it? What do you think? I absolutely want this. Nick Cage stealing the Declaration of Independence. That's, that's <laughs> cinematic gold. Um, and it makes sense to me, right? Riley Poole is supposed to be a pretty large part of the new series, the Justin Bartha character. Right. So it just makes sense to have his mentor and friend be part of that show and have that segue into a movie. And I think there's a big audience for this. You know, Uncharted did very, very well. That wasn't entirely my cup of tea. I'm trying to remove myself from my love of the video, the video game. But, you know, I think people love these action adventure films. They love these kinds of quests that people go yep. on that have some historical foundation to them. So I think this would do really well. And Nick Cage is having a moment. So let's do it. Let's see it. It really is. The series really is the spiritual success successor to Indiana Jones in mm -hmm. many ways. I'm not I'm not saying it's Indiana Jones, but like there's not very many purely adventure films like the Indiana Jones, National Treasure, Uncharted, I, I think would go in there yeah. depending on who you ask, Chris or Ray, uh, who will bring <laughs> different, different theories and positions on that. But I mean, it, yeah, it's kind of rich that way. And maybe this will open the door to Con Air 2. Come on now. Come on. Who you doesn't know, want to see that? You just want another Nick Cage shot of him with, in front of a fan going, Come on. Okay, you got to figure out some way that you can bring... Um, uh, John Malkovich. John Cyrus back. the virus. <laughs> you got to get John Malkovich back. That's the only way this works. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? The producer of the National Treasure series, Jerry Bruckheimer, is saying, yep, it's still a go. We're still working on this. Now, that's a long way from being greenlit, like having a script and everything. That's great. It's still got to get the final green light, but they say they're still working on it. Are you interested in it? Do you think people will be interested in it? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave us your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, let's move into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics on the John Campy Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime, 24-7, over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit. And then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? Our first topic comes from Jeff DiMargino. John, you always break my heart a little when you uh -oh. say there won't be another solo movie. I loved the first one, and one of the big highlights for me was Donald Glover as Lando. He found a way to capture Billy D. Williams perfectly while also making it totally his own. Did you see that at Star Wars Celebration, Kathleen Kennedy said that they are still working on getting a Lando series put together? If they can, do you think that might mean there's still room for uh, still some life in a second solo movie, too? All right. Thanks for saying that in, Jeff. Ah, uh, the solo movie. You know, it, it, so the solo movie at some point somewhere in the future, a version of the offer is going to have to be made about the development of solo. Like between even the decision making process to do it, Lord Miller directing it. Kathy Kennedy and Luke Sum realizing you're not making the movie we agreed to make. <laughs> Firing them off it, Ron Howard sweeping in, redoing like 80% of the movie, it coming out, becoming the first bona fide Star Wars movie that flopped at the box office, despite the fact that it's quite good. It's fun. Yeah, it's a fun space adventure movie. Yeah. I, I like it. I mean, it's not like Rogue One good, but it was it was pretty enjoyable. But I think most people, the lovers and detractors of Solo, most would agree that Donald Glover was actually a pretty good Lando. Yeah. 
which really is shouldn't be surprising to most people, right? But the moment he came onto the scene, number one, he was a great supporting character. He never once kind of upstaged Alden Ehrenreich, who, by the way, I thought Alden Ehrenreich did a pretty good job in an absolutely unwinnable scenario. You can't, no one is going to take you over Harrison Ford. I mean, I'm sorry. But so, but I thought he stepped in and did a pretty damn admirable job doing that. And Donald Glover was pretty sharp in it too. Now, here's where the plot thickens. A week or two ago, you know, probably just last week, we talked on the show about the fact that Kathy Kennedy was being interviewed and she basically said, yeah, we're never going to do recasting classic characters with younger actors anymore. That didn't work for us. It's clearly a no-go. Our solo movie flopped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not going to do that anymore. Okay. But what about the one you've already done? What about classic characters you've already recast? What about that Lando series you said at the Disney Investors Day meeting a couple of years ago? Does that mean that's done? Well, apparently, maybe not. This comes to us from the folks over at CBR who wrote the following. In an interview with Games Radar at Star Wars Celebration, Kennedy was asked about earlier statements she made about not recasting major Star Wars characters in future projects. I never say never, she said. It's certainly not something that we're doing with any intention right now. We're still talking about Lando with Donald Glover, for instance, but I don't think that we would intentionally just look back at some of the characters like Luke and Leia and whatnot and decide arbitrarily to do a story. There would have to be a really strong reason why. Okay, so... When saying that we're not going to recast these young characters anymore, and the question about well, what about ones that have already been recast, like in Kenobi, Princess Leia. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll I'll give them space on that. That's totally different because it's literally the child. No, I know. It's but not supposed to be a new version of Princess Leia. It's as a child. Even if even if Carrie Fisher were with us today, they would still have to do that if they were telling. It's so true. I'm okay with that. I'll give them a pass with the child recasting, but. The fact that they're, they're saying we are still actively doing Lando. And I'll tell you what, sign me up for it. I, I listen again. I thought the swag and the charm and the smoothness that is yeah. all things Billy D. Williams. I thought Donald Glover was able to capture that on the one hand. And like Jeff said in the, in the message, bring something of his own to it as well. You know, he didn't just try to do a Billy D. Williams impersonation. He honored Billy D, brought the spirit of the character that Billy D did it, and then he added a little bit of his own. And I'll tell you what, a Star Wars movie, just looking at the perspective from a rogue like Lando Calrissian, sign me up. So mm-hmm. I, listen, she's not saying this is definitely still happening, but I personally like the idea that this is a go. Don Glover is one of the biggest stars in the world. He's one of the most charismatic guys to watch on screen. So I'm all for this myself. Anyway, Chris, you hear Kathy Kennedy say, we're still working on this Donald Glover Lando series. Good idea, bad idea, considering how Solo flopped. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I'm just glad that Kathleen Kennedy is watching this show because we've <laughs> talked about this, yes, we have. <laughs> how much we would like Lando. I want new Star Wars stuff, right? I want fresh characters in this universe, and this is the exception. Because, I mean, even just that image of Donald Glover playing Lando, he is such a slick scoundrel. He, scoundrel. he is so charismatic. He is so delightful in this role. And you can tell he's having a blast in that film, which is one of the reasons why I like it so much. Everyone in there is having fun. It's so nice to see actors having a good time in their roles. Look, Look at, at him. Tell me Look that is him. not the spirit of Billy oh, Dee Williams it's right perfect. there. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. I think people, this is, even if you didn't like the movie, like you were saying, This is the one thing everyone agreed on was that Donald Glover killed it in this role. So I think having a series devoted to him as this character works great. 
and then they can focus on the other IP. I do really like that she's saying we're not going to do willy-nilly things about the other characters. It makes me feel more comfortable about another topic we're going to come to because I don't think Star Wars should just be doing cash grabs with their characters. Story has to come first. And if a story makes sense and you have the right people telling that story, then I'm interested. Rob, you're hearing about the story. You are one of the people who, are, who quite appreciated the, the solo movie and all that kind of stuff, despite the fact that it flopped pretty hard. First money losing movie in the history of Star Wars. But Donald Glover seems to be pretty accepted amongst a lot of people. What do you think about this? Dude, first of all, I love Donald Glover. I mean, I still want Ridley Scott's The Martian had the NASA support team character and Donald Glover was one of the and I'm like, they should do a whole series about the support staff from Ridley Scott's The Martian and Donald Glover would be headlining that show. There's a great moment near the end of The Martian where Donald Glover, like it's kind of like the post of it. Donald Glover comes in and Benedict Wong is there. And like, I just, that's a really great little moment. It's awesome when he's explaining with a pen, like how they're going to, I love Donald Glover. So, and another thing, you know, I don't know if this this is going to date me, but after Splinter of the Mind's Eye, the novel came right. out, there were three Han Solo solo novels and three Lando Calrissian solo novels, like Lando Calrissian and the Mind Harp of Sharu, or Lando Calrissian. <laughs> it sounds like a Star Trek novel. Uh, I, I know, Lando Calrissian and the Flame Winds of Oceon. Oh, man, and yes, that I, sounds so dope. Uh, <laughs> they, were, they were dope, man, and I, I had them, and I'm like, I remember, and the Brian Daly, uh, Han Solo, it stars in, but I remember reading the Lando Calrissian books because we really didn't know much. I mean, Lando doesn't have a whole lot of screen time. We knew that he at one point owned the Millennium Falcon. He somehow became respectable and and was running the Tabana gas mines on Bespin or whatever, but you didn't know much about him. But those books were good. Like, I remember reading those books going, I like this Lando Calrissian. I would like to see more. So mm-hmm. to do, and, and Glover's performance in Solo was so much fun. So yeah. why why not? I mean, look, come on. Look at that guy. <laughs> I mean, look at him. Who wouldn't want? And if you do like the the rogue scoundrel, uh, this this could, especially seeing him on Atlanta, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I would, this, this picture alone, all you have to do is blow this picture up like the size of the monitor right now, walk into some, you know, walk into the Disney Plus execs. I mean, you don't, I guess you just have Ka- Kathleen Kennedy already knows. Just show her that picture and go, remember, we want to make that show. That picture encompasses exactly everything we want to see from the show. You know, and he's, he's got his, uh, what is he playing, Sabak or whatever? Yeah. yeah. And he's going to lay down those cards, probably whatever a flush is, what you'd know better than I would. The river turns and he's, whatever he's got in his hand, he's about to win, you could see. Who wouldn't want to see that, dude? Come yeah, on. I, I, yeah, I'd be totally down. I'm now, the, the last part of his question saying, with this still being in development, does that keep the door ever so slightly cracked open for the possibility of a solo two? I do not have that information, so I can only tell you kind of what, what I think. Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. They're, they're, they're not going to go back to the – in a universe of Star Wars stuff that you have and a universe of Star Wars stuff that you could do – why, instead of another project, would you go back to something that flopped? Again, I liked it. I had a lot of fun with that movie. I really did. But if I'm in the boardroom there, no, we're not green lighting that. I don't see why you would. But, I mean, that doesn't mean you couldn't have an Alden Ehrenreich pop up in the Lando series or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I think the only way it could, you know, in the, in the home video era, there were movies that did okay at the box office, but on video they became huge hits. Mm-hmm. Things like the original Terminator. So, 
and and the numbers that they did on on home video told the bean counters that yes this could be viable if solo somehow and i don't know if it does had big big numbers on disney plus i don't know if it'd be a theatrical feature but they might do something for Disney Plus, I mean, I could see that, like you pointed out, they could have them show up in a Lando series or do, you know, the limited series idea using the volume stages where it keeps the price down. If they had a good story, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind. I thought Alden Enright did a good job. Yeah. You know, I, I thought he did, too. Uh, but, hey, it is what it is. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? Would you be interested in a Lando limited series starring Donald Glover? I mean, I really would. Did you enjoy the solo movie? Were you like the many people who didn't even see it? What do you guys think about this? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. I personally ship the idea of Donald Glover as Lando again. But if you want to ship something, you should be using our friends who are sponsors of today's show. Our friends over at Stamps.com. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Stamps.com. Now, guys, as a small business owner myself, I am always looking for ways to save costs, yes, but I know that our most valuable resource is time, and I'm always looking for things that can save us time. Stamps.com saves you both. Because when you're running a small business, every second counts. You can't afford to waste a single moment. So why are you still taking time out of your day to go to the post office when you could be using Stamps.com instead? Stamps.com makes mailing and shipping quick, easy, and cost-effective. How cost-effective? Well, you can get discounts that you can't find anywhere else, like up to 30% off USPS rates and 86% off UPS. And there's no special hardware technology you need. All you need is your regular computer and printer, no special supplies or equipment required. So guys, stop wasting time and start saving money when you use Stamps.com to mail and ship. Sign up with the promo code CAMPIA for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts needed. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page and enter the code CAMPIA. And a special thank you to Stamps.com for sponsoring this episode of the John Campus Show. Remember, guys, when you support our sponsors by using the links and the promo codes that you'll see down in the description below, you're actually supporting our show at the same time. So make sure you go and make sure that you know, they know, I mean, that you guys appreciate that they sponsor one of your favorite shows. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on over to main topic number two. Chris, what is our second main topic today? Our second topic comes from Evan. I followed a lot of Star Wars celebration this year, and there was some really good stuff, except there really wasn't any mention of future Star Wars movies. The only thing I really saw was that Lucasfilm is now saying that future movies will be set in the sequel era. Whatever happened to the Old Republic stuff? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Evan. And yeah, I uh, Ann and I went to uh, Star Wars Celebration on Saturday. Had a good time there. Chatted with Sam Witwer a little bit while we were there. And a, a oh, bunch did you of, get his autograph? Uh, I did. I went and got Sam's autograph. <laughs> we Okay, true story. Did I, did I tell you? I can't remember if I said this in the show. So when Ann and I were looking at what was going on Saturday, she says, oh, Sam's doing there, doing autographs. Cause, and all, like a bunch of people were looking like, hey, Hugh McGregor's sold out, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right? She goes, well, Sam's not sold out. And I just had this, I don't know why I thought this. I had this picture in my head. You know, you, sometimes you go to a convention, and there'll be some, somebody sitting at an autograph booth and there's nobody there in line for them. I remember thinking, oh, I would hate it if that's what happened to Sam. So l- let's sign up. So we signed up to do it, right? And of course, Sam had a huge line <laughs> at his thing, but whatever. So we got in line, got up the front and he looks up and goes, what are you doing here? And it's like, 
I didn't say, well, I didn't think anybody would come for your Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but there was a, it was great to see this huge big line, all these people with some like figures and like art. I, this one guy standing in front of us did this own, his own art rendition of Starkiller. Wow. And oh. brought it as a gift for him and got him to sign one of the other ones. Like there's some really Aww. cool stuff there. Anyway, yeah, Star Wars Celebration. Pretty good. A lot of fun. So uh, Chris didn't get to go, no. of course, even though she had tickets for three years and mm-hmm. she didn't end up going uh, because of, you know. Vesna in the chat was like, are you cursed? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Maybe you need an electric house. I Maybe can't. that'll fix your problems. So Maybe. anyway, a bunch of stuff came out, like lots of Bad Batch season two. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> Although the trailer is pretty dope. I'm sure it is. And, you know, listen, to be fair, I liked the first episode or two of Bad Batch. It's just then it went to crap after that. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I got off that. But anyway, no mention about any movies. Which surprised me. The one thing that came out was during an interview, not one of the official events, uh, Kathy Kennedy did confirm that the next movie is Taika Waititi's movie. That's the first one up. So it's like, okay, that's that's good to hear. But... Nothing else about any movies whatsoever. The other little mention that she made was the fact that any new movies are going to be taking place in the sequel trilogy era and moving forward. So this comes to us from the folks over at... Uh, oh, so this is her quote. I believe this is coming from Variety Wrote. While speaking with Empire at Star Wars Celebration, which happens to be underway right now, of course, this is the other day, in Anaheim, California, Kathleen Kennedy confirmed that the sequel era will explore further and upcoming Star Wars movies. We're moving further beyond the existing sequels as we look to our movie space. The sequel era is what we talk about a lot in terms of where we're going with our movies and just how far uh, out from that that will go. That's very much the space we're concentrating on. Okay, a couple of interesting things here. We already know they are looking at other eras when it comes to animation and TV series. So we already know they're looking at the High Republic era, which is, a, which is prequel. They're already looking at a few other things. So we know that's going on there. But for their movies, they're looking at going forward. All I can say to that is glory, glory, hallelujah. Because that's the direction I have been saying for a long time I want Star Wars to go. Further. Be better than the Rise of Skywalker, please. But other than that, move forward. Tell new stories with new characters. Star Wars is not called Skywalker. Star Wars is not the story of the Skywalker family. Any more than America is the story of, I don't know, the Kennedys. Kennedys are a big part of the American history. Kennedys are a huge part of it, but they're not America. Stars, the Skywalkers have played a major role in the story of Star Wars up to now, but with such a vast galaxy and so many stories to tell. And we want to know what happens after the First Order. What goes on now? What becomes the next big threat? Maybe you create something brand new. Maybe you go back to expanded universe stuff and start cherry picking some things out, like the Uzang Vong or something like that, right? A lot of potential. But moving forward is the idea. But they got to get back to the movies. The movies have to happen. Because as much as I enjoyed Obi-Wan episodes one and two, as much as I love Mandalorian, as much as I tolerated watching Book of Boba Fett, whatever, and I'm, I'm sorry, I know this is going to ruffle some feathers the wrong way. TV is lesser than. It's it's lesser than. 
You're getting no argument from me. It It is just, it is a smaller medium with a smaller budget to tell some really good quaint stories. Mandalorian's awesome. Don't give, I, like, I love it. But they've got to be tethered to the movie. You have to have an active, thriving movie franchise going with the bigger scope and the bigger scales to really expand the mythology of what you're doing with so that you can then have these TV shows that can feed off that. Look at what's going on with Marvel right now. I enjoy the Marvel, the MCU TV shows other than Hawkeye. I didn't like that one very much. But I'm enjoying the Marvel TV shows, but they're they're operating at the same time that an active, thriving movie franchise is also going to build that hype and excitement. And so you can use these TV shows to tell really good, interesting stories while still being tethered to the larger scale stuff. And right now, I personally feel that you can really feel the lack of Star Wars on the big screen, that much bigger scope, the epic scale, all that kind of stuff. Now, look. I am not blaming them at all. And I'm actually thankful as a fan that after the rise of Skywalker, Lucasfilm realized we need to do a little bit of a reset because look, I, I appreciate, um, I didn't appreciate it. I loved uh, the force awakens. I, I liked the last Jedi. God, I hated the rise of Skywalker. So I, I was really appreciated the fact that I said, okay, look, let's take a breath. Let's not rush forward and let's see where we're at. And I appreciated that. I did. It's been three years and we don't have so much at, we know Taika Waititi's making a movie someday. We know um, freaking Kevin Feige is going to do a Star Wars movie at some undisclosed time in the future, maybe like to not have something now after three years and coming out of Star Wars celebration without anything pertaining to the big screen part of star wars is to me baffling like grant okay you might still be a year and a half away from from getting taika's movie in front get taika on stage talk about the fact that we're excited why do you love the star wars universe taika what what are some things you want to bring to a movie taika you don't have to get taika to tell them everything about well here's what the movie's about here's going to be i mean you don't even have to do that just get them on stage celebrate that focus on the fact that there's a star wars movie coming and the fact that they went all through celebration and they had some really cool stuff at celebration i'm not saying they didn't they absolutely did but to have no mention of a star wars movie to me is confounding anyway rob there's a lot of stuff here to cover number one uh, new movies moving forward in the timeline. Uh, what, what what else is there? Just the fact that there were no movies mentioned. I don't know. What's your take on this whole thing? You know, I, I said, I thought pretty definitively that they were going to make movie announcements. I said right. on this show a couple weeks ago, and I thought for sure they would because we had Kevin Feige's movie. We've got Taika Waititi's movie. What's going on with Rogue Squadron? Patty Jenkins' movie. I thought for sure that they would have something because like you, you know, we talk about how streaming works. But it's movies that are grossing hundreds of millions of dollars. And if a Star Wars movie is good, it's a billion-dollar franchise in addition to generating subscribers. So to not have movies is strange. You know, John, I don't understand why they don't, don't do something radical. Like, Star Wars takes place a long time ago. Well, you could jump, say, a thousand years into the Star Wars universe future and, like, do something radical, show a galaxy where there's balance in the force, where there's equal Sith, and there's equal dark and light side of the force, and there is a balance. The galaxy is in, in harmony. Do something radical. People would be like, wait, really? Like this, And then the whole thing is about how the center cannot hold. Things fall apart if you're 
into poetry, you know, the, the, and then show an unraveling that there has been this great peace that's lit, lit for a thousand years between the Sith or whatever and the Jedi or, or whatever the new incarnations of the force is, and then show the great unraveling. And your whole story would be about what happens when a society uh, is not mindful of, of what they've built. You know, you can't let what you've, or something like that, you know, and all new characters, something completely radical that's totally different where you are not tied to anything that came before aside from the central idea of the Force. And you maybe know, bring some wars back to Star Wars. Well, that's what I mean, that, and that's what would happen. <laughs> you, yeah, you'd be watching this uh, this great unraveling that led to this conflict. What happened before will happen again, you know, like being Galactica and this idea that, that the, the, this thing is so cyclical and 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 it could be and and the rise of a new kind of a Jedi do something new and they could. No, I'm just saying, a lot of people that might be a little too radical. I'm just saying, I'm throwing it out there. I would love to see a feature film franchise where I cannot anticipate the next. I, I'm I'm rattling with excitement to see the next movie because, like you just said. Star Wars belongs on the big screen, man. And I, as much as I appreciate their volume technology and the way they're making the shows. Oh, and they're doing some great stuff. Yeah. They're Absolutely. doing great stuff, but I do miss the scope, dude. Yeah. I want to see like the Battle of Hoth. I want to see AT-ATs and snow speeders coming out and yeah. blowing up the shield generator. And, and I want to see stormtroopers coming through the base, you know, and the hangar decks that are huge. I want to get me into space, man. Show me fleets of ships, capital ships. You know, I watched, I watched, um, I watched the beginning of uh, Revenge of the Sith over the weekend. Just the space battle. Just the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, that one long shot. That's a great piece yeah. of John Williams music. But I'm like, I want to see capital ships slamming into each other, man. I miss that. That's yeah. what I want. Give me some Star Wars, like you said. Put the war back in Star Wars. Chris, you heard about all this. What stands mm -hmm. out to you? I mean... We bought tickets, everyone, the collective, not just me, bought tickets for Star Wars Celebration back in 2019. Wow. Yeah. In 2019. This was three years in the making, and we don't talk about a movie? That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous to me and seems so, so just short-sighted to not discuss this. And I know they have a lot of different things going on. We've got a lot of things on different burners. But Star Wars is a film franchise, first and foremost. Right. And I, I love television. I think we are in such a wonderful television mm -hmm. renaissance. I do think there are things that television does better than film. But I want to see the expanse of space like you guys on an IMAX screen in a Dolby cinema. I want to see all of that there. And so I love, love, love that we are getting these kind of mini movies and everything. But I need to go to a theater to see this. And it's just disappointing that something like this wasn't brought up at Star Wars Celebration after so many years of waiting for new news. Now, it should be pointed out, they've, they've announced that the next Star Wars celebration is next year mm -hmm. in Europe. April in London. Maybe we should go. We should go, Ooh. dude. I, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, London's one of the great cities in the world. I've never been to London. <gasps> and, I love and London. Oh, John. I, I've had people all the way back to the movie blog days. We, we've got a lot of viewers in, in England and like who've written to us like, when are you going to come to London? When are you going to come to London? I'm like, as soon as Elon Musk sends in that $20,000 tip, then, then we're definitely coming. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe we should start planning to go to it next year. It's and, beautiful. But man, so I'll fun. tell you what. If we pack up, get a little production rig together, fly mm -hmm. over to London 
do dailies from out there and they don't talk about any movies again, I'm going to be so pissed. Oh, I would be there's, so there's, there's a couple every of, table. There's a couple of good um, companies we could hire so we don't have to pack up anything. They, they could provide the production services for us. Right. Well, we can talk about that later. <laughs> but anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? They're saying any new movies that they're going to do are going to be from new era on. I personally think that is the right direction I to agree. go. I really do. Save the other stuff if you want to do some t- television and fill in the blanks or with the storytelling there. That can be great. But at some point, you got to start talking about some movies. Anyway, guys, what do you think about this? Whatever it is, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Chris. What is our third main topic today? This comes from Sean Beatty. Hi, John and crew. Been longtime fans since AMC Movie Talk days. Thank you. Hope everyone is having a great day. Recently at Star Wars Celebration, Ewan McGregor unexpectedly jumped on the live show and thanked the fans for all the love. But as he was leaving, he said, I hope you love episode three and then four and five and six and then seven and eight and nine and ten. Do you think he was just excited being at Celebration and got carried away? Or are there actual talks of him returning for a season two and or Disney Plus surprising us with four more episodes? All right, Sean, thanks a lot for saying that in. And while they may not have had any movie talk while they were at Star Wars Celebration, there was a lot going on. There was. And of course, the crown jewel centerpiece of everything at Star Wars Celebration this year was Obi-Wan. And I mean, that was the big thing, right? And so much so. That like even if you were you were on the floor of it, there are these big Obi Wan red carpet step and repeats. Anne and I got some photos there. The Ewan McGregor autograph session thing was like three dedicated lines outside of the hall, all sold out within an hour. And I think they were three hundred bucks a piece to go what? in and get a. I think it was. I think I might be. Somebody correct me. I think to go in and get a photo with Ewan. I think it was three hundred a piece, and they like That's sold crazy. out within an hour. Something crazy like that. Anyway. On the main stage on the floor, though, Hugh McGregor comes out to thank the fans. Now, of course, Obi-Wan is, as Disney Plus has been doing these pathetic little six-episode series thing, it's going to be six episodes, right? So Hugh McGregor comes out and just does this big thanking the crowd. The crowd's going wild. And he says something kind of interesting. This comes from the folks over at Screen Rant, and they said the following. McGregor has been a fixture in this year's Star Wars celebration in Anaheim via Star Wars. And in his latest appearance, he thanked everybody who tuned into the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Surprisingly, however, as he's hyping the rest of the show, he suggests the show could run for more than six episodes, which is what it's confirmed for. It was amazing, said Hugh McGregor, watching the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi the other night. I hope you love episode three and then four and five and six and seven, eight and nine and 10. And then he basically dropped the mic and walked off stage. Now I watched the video. I wasn't there when he did that. I watched the video of this and it really is that he was only out there for a minute. Right. And he says, it was great watching it. Hope you love three, four, five and six pause and seven and eight and nine and 10 drops the mic walks off stage. It's the final thing he says as he's going off. Understandably, a lot of people heard Ewan McGregor say that and started to ask the question, wait a minute, is Lucasfilm going to surprise us with we're tuning in, we're watching episode six, and then it ends kind of in a weird way, maybe a cliffhanger kind of way, and then those words come on screen. 
to be continued next week and have the world go, "Ah." now, if that was the case, why on earth would they let you and McGregor drop that now? If that was the case, why wouldn't, after you McGregor says it on stage, wouldn't Disney publicity then be firing out their press releases about Obi-Wan Kenobi actually going to be 10 episodes instead of the announced six or something like that? So look, there are reasons to believe this and many reasons not to. Reasons to believe this, you McGregor did not sound like he was joking. Like I watched that video and the very fact that he ended his time on stage with and seven and eight and nine and 10, good night everybody and walks off stage. Did he really drop the mic? I think he may have literally dropped the mic. I'd have to go back and watch it again. I would think that if he dropped the mic, that would have a lot to do with what we're talking about. But he literally was the final thing he said. It was that, and then good night, everybody. And he walked off the stage, and he's done. So it looks, I'll tell you for myself, I'm watching, like, that's pretty damn believable. And if that's all we had, I would go, yeah, I believe we're going to get episodes 7, 8, 9, and 10. However, <clears throat> when a big announcement happens at Star Wars Celebration, it is followed by two minutes later, my email notification going off and my and looking in my inbox and seeing that Disney PR had sent me their press release about that event and about that announcement and about this. They do it for everything. I've got to believe that if this was real and Ewan wasn't just joking around, which if he is joking around, he didn't do it very well. But if he if he wasn't just joking around. Variety would be running with this and the rap would be running with this and deadline would be running with this. And I, I don't see it anywhere else. No press announcement. So while I'm not going to say it's a hundred percent that there's not going to be a episode seven, eight, nine, ten, I, I would have to say, I don't believe it's actually going to happen that way. I just think we would get be getting a lot more news about it right now. And there hasn't been. So I think it was just you and playing to the crowd and getting excited. I know Rob, you heard about this. What do you make of it? Do you think we're going to get episodes 7, 8, 9, and 10? Oh, I, I think what he was saying is there's going to be more Obi-Wan Kenobi. Not that there's more episodes for this season. Because you know how Disney is. Now with the way they do their publicity, nobody makes announcements like this in a cheeky yeah. way. Remember, as you pointed out on the show, how many times have you told the story, ask me whether I'm going to play Obi-Wan again, Clad Kathleen. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Ewan, are you going to play Obi-Wan again? When he came out and did that, I think this was his sly way because he stopped the way it was reported, the way you just explained it. He goes, I hope you like episodes six and five and six, four, five and six. And like he stopped and paused and made a specific announcement. Yes, he did. And and I think that's it was his way of saying there's going to be more Obi-Wan Kenobi. There just isn't. I mean, I don't think he was saying there's going to be more episodes. I mean, if there was, that'd be pretty cool. But I think he was acknowledging that we're not done yet. That's how that's that's what I would take from that. But I think it's that's a pretty definitive kind of an announcement. Yeah, because they don't have but to, with no follow up. But I don't think they know yet. I bet they mm. don't know. They've just decided obviously the numbers are probably pretty good. I think ultimately Lucasfilm has to be happy with the all the episodes. So I think we'll finally I mean, when it we'll know because in the sixth episode it's going to end and say either to be continued or Obi Wan Kenobi will return or something. Like, because they did it with Mando season two coming the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. And we're all like, what? You know, I mean, I think they're going to, they're going to do that. Uh, coming, coming this Christmas, the book of Reva. No, that, that is not something. <laughs> I, no, no, no. I don't want to get that debate going again. Anyway, Chris, you hear about this. You see what you McGregor said. Do you think he was hinting at 
an episode seven, eight, nine, and ten? Do you think that he was just getting the crowd excited? Do you think, like Rob said, that maybe this is a foreshadowing of another season of Obi Wan where him and Vader will fight? again uh i mean i, I don't know their what buddy you, cop series yeah. where they just go off fighting crime in the universe <laughs> and then have a That's, breaking up later yeah what do you think about this i mean i i want to say that ewan mcgregor is a good enough actor that if this is not a joke he'd be able to tell it in a better way right he'd be able to land a joke i do think this is a forecasting of there's more to come with obi-wan he loves playing this character he really really enjoys it so i do think it's wishful thinking and i think a lot of this had to do with the hype of the crowd i mean just watching these live streams you could feel the energy in that room yeah. right that they was a great. ravenous crowd that wanted more and everyone who was part of it seemed to be just feeding into him and doing a great job so i feel like it's hopefully we'll get more with quality story. This is my bigger issue. I have a hard time with prequel shows because I know how things pan out, right? It's hard for me to get invested in that in-between unless we're fleshing out details in a really, really interesting way that really furthers the canon story that we already have here. If there is a season two of Obi-Wan, and I mean, obviously we've all only seen the first two episodes, but it feels like this needed to be just one season. If there's more, is it a cash grab? Is it just us letting you in play the character for longer? I don't know, only time will tell, but I want I want this to be a limited series. I really do. Yeah, I just don't see where you go with this. Yeah. But then again, maybe we'll be singing a different song once we see For episodes sure. three, four. Like, by the way, the next episode's out tomorrow night. Yeah. Like midnight tomorrow. Is and then we're at the halfway point. And then we're already halfway through the series. I know. But maybe we'll get a, a better sense of where we're going from there. Hey, I'm actually curious. Ray, do you think you heard, you know, you McGregor say then episode seven, eight, nine, and ten. Do you think they're going to shock the world and, and have four more episodes than what they were saying? What do you think? What was your answer? I don't think so. Then I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it works here, John. Don't you know? I will bet you a hot toy that there will be seven, eight, nine, and ten, baby. I will win. <laughs> we, we could play this game a hundred times as long as I win once. Eventually. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I actually think he thinks that there will be. I'll say that. He How believed. did he think? He either, he either, uh, shot, no, I think he either he... shot those episodes or he didn't. <laughs> oh, you mean like they're already made? They're yeah, already like we're going to get like episode six. Oh, no, they're seven. not done. They're, <laughs> no, but I, I want to believe that there is going to be more from Obi-Wan. I mean, the character, people love the character. I they, do. They, I mean, that's true, too, because like it's not just whether they continue the another or even do another episode. Like there is clearly a tangible love of you McGregor for this. Character. Yeah. You yeah. McGregor, especially. And uh, we'll, we're just gonna have to see where they're going. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? You McGregor says, I hope you enjoy episodes seven, eight, nine, and 10. Just a big joke. Uh, maybe there was something to it. I don't personally think there is, but I anyway, what do you guys think? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. You know, seeing you McGregor as Obi-Wan is comfy, it's cozy, just like the sponsor of today's shows, our friends over at MeUndies. We want to take a second to thank the sponsors of this video, 
Me undies. Guys, when you've got a job like mine where you're sitting down talking about movies or sitting down and watching a lot of movies, you learn to appreciate a really good pair of underwear. And this summer, guys, why suffer through junk swamp with that 20 pairs in a plastic bag junk that we normally buy for ourselves when you could be enjoying this summer wearing the most breathable, softest, most comfortable underwear out there, me undies. I've been wearing me undies for a little while now, and I'm telling you, I am never going back. Because let's face it, guys, summer is sweaty, but your butt doesn't have to be. With MeUndies light and breathable micro model fabric, you can stay comfy and cool all summer long. They have super fun seasonal prints and tons of styles to choose from in any size from extra small to 4XL, so you can bring the beach to your butt without ever leaving your living room. Make it a soft summer with MeUndies. MeUndies has a great offer for my viewers and listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off. If you sign up for their free-to-join membership, you can apply that 15% off to their already discounted membership prices. So to get 15% off your first order and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash Campia. That's MeUndies.com slash Campia. Guys, and we want to take just a minute and thank friends. this over at MeUndies for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm wearing them right now. Damn, they're comfy. Anyway, uh, once again, check out their link down below. And when you support our sponsors, you are supporting us. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four, shall we? Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This one comes from Clark Washington. Over the weekend, it was revealed that a new Black Adam trailer will be released on June 8th. I wanted to ask you about the importance of this movie. While DC as a whole is doing fine, the DCEU has greatly struggled post-Aquaman. Shazam did fine, while Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman 1984, and The Suicide Squad all flopped. So just how much pressure is there on Black Adam to deliver? All right, thanks for sending that in. And of course, one of the more interesting DC projects, uh, which was uh, announced in 1883, <laughs> was Dwayne The Rock Johnson is going to be playing Black Adam. So they say. <laughs> and I, listen... There is, I don't think, any actor out there who was born to be in a comic book movie more than Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The, the guy is a living, walking comic book, like, sketch. I mean, when you look at him, and the funny thing is, it's like this might be the first superhero that we see that does not need artificial padding <laughs> in their costume. He looks ridiculously good. Now, of course, they dropped the first teaser for it, and I thought the first teaser was fine for a first teaser. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Dwayne Jackson absolutely looks great as Black Adam. He totally does look fantastic. But we're still kind of waiting for the first real trailer that's going to give us our little bit of insight to what's what's this really going to be. At this, this point, we still have no idea who even the antagonist of this movie is going to be. Now, there's obviously going to be a little bit of Black Adam versus the Justice Society. I'm sure that's going to be a plot point in there as well. But there's got to be one main antagonist. Don't really. There have been some whispers, but we don't really fully know. I suspect we're going to get that in the next trailer. And now we know when that next trailer is going to be. Dwayne Johnson got on social media and wrote the following. For the millions and millions of you out there who know that black the Black Adam mythology, you understand the meaning and the power of this throne. I made a promise to myself that I would not sit on the throne until we shot the actual scene where Black Adam has earned his right to take his sacred place on high. So I always just sat on the steps and did my homework. We finally filmed the iconic moment, and what a black what a moment it was! World premiere of the Black Adam trailer, June eighth, 
And that comes to us from Dwayne Johnson. So a little over a week from now, about a week and a day or two from now, we're going to get another Black Adam trailer. This is interesting for a couple of reasons, because number one, this will, even though the first was just a tease, this is kind of technically the second trailer. And the movie's still like four months out. Now, six, seven years ago, that wasn't uncommon. We would have seven trailers by now, by four months out. But now, four months, three months out is when we generally get the first real trailers going now. And we're going to go into the second, so that's fine. Number two, announcing the arrival of a second trailer like a week in advance. That's a little bit different and new. But hey, Dwayne The Rock Johnson knows how to keep Dwayne The Rock Johnson in the conversation. So he's very, very good at that. That's why he's the biggest star in the world. So we've got that coming as well. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm dying to see this new one. I, I want to get a better scope. I enjoyed the first trailer. Seeing him in the Black Adam costume is just ridiculous, especially when you realize that's all his own real muscle under there. The guy is just a phenomenal specimen. But the viewer who writes and asks an interesting question, how important is this movie right now for DC? And I think the way they structure the question symbols it perfectly. They've been struggling. Shazam! I look, I admit, I like Shazam more than most people. I, I thought it. Shazam was freaking awesome. I love that movie. I am so charmed by it. I laugh. I, I, It's warm. I just really, really love the film. I always, but I love Mark Strong and everything. So whatever. He's, he's, Mark Strong plays Mark Strong in this movie. There you go. But I'll, I'll eat that up all day, every day. But as great as James Gunn's Suicide Squad was, flopped. Understanding a lot of other peripheral issues surrounding Wonder Woman 84 flopped. Uh, what was the other one that he mentioned in his email? I can't Birds remember. Of prey. Birds of Prey. Which everyone here except for me. <laughs> That's right. It's it's my only it's my only DC movie that I legitimately do not like. Oh, I love it. It's got yeah. a bitchin' soundtrack. It does have a good soundtrack. Oh. And of course, Obi-Wan's and Hugh McGregor. Yeah. That's always a good thing. But I mean, they are struggling. So they have a couple of really important marquee things coming up here. Obviously, Aquaman 2 is coming up. But Black Adam has to be a hit. It, it's it's got to be a hit. Because if this movie is not a hit, I wonder how much rope David Zaslav <laughs> is going to give this DC universe as it stands. Because he's the new boss, and he's coming in and seeing a DC properties that are far behind in second place behind Marvel. It's not a competition, but you want to be in that conversation. And right now the conversation is Marvel's the gold standard when it comes to the comic book movies and DC is a far distant second. You may or may not agree with that statement yourself and that's totally fair, but that is the general perception of it, right? And David Zaslav did not buy Warner Brothers for a thousand trillion dollars, however much it was, to be in that kind of a place. And of course, he's looking at hiring a new movie czar who's going to come in and oversee all that kind of stuff. How big of a role will Alan Horn come in that? That's another discussion for another time. But if Black Adam falls on its face, when you've got the biggest movie star in the world in it, and if it doesn't come across well, if it doesn't work with the audience, I've got a feeling the current iteration of the DCU may not be long for this world. And we'll get Flash put out and probably a couple of the other projects that need to come out because there's contractual obligations. But I, there may be a resetting and a rebooting of this universe, maybe not too far down the line. He's questioning his his uh, deals, even with J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot. I mean, there's this stuff coming. How important is Black Adam? I think pretty damn, part of my language, pretty fucking important. 
Mm -hmm. I think this is really important for the powers that be over that, that this thing be good. And will it be good? We won't find out till it comes out in October, but we might get a little bit better of an idea on June 8th when this new trailer comes out. Rob, you hear The Rock saying we got this new trailer coming, coming June 8th. How big of a deal is this trailer? And ultimately, how important is this Black Adam movie? Well, I think every movie that a studio makes is important to the studio. Sure. You know, and, and this film, I think, look, the Batman did quite well. Did Joker, great. Loved it. Joker did well. Won Academy Awards. Oh, yeah. Won Academy Awards. I think Aquaman is going to do very, very well. I think that they look at this movie as not necessarily a DCEU film. I think this is, they look at Black Adam as a standalone Dwayne Johnson movie that happens to be about a superhero that was from DC Comics and before that from uh, a different comic company that DC acquired. So I think they see this as, in a way, it can be a one-off, even though it's connected to Shazam. But I think that they see this, because it's Dwayne Johnson, more importantly, as a Dwayne Johnson franchise starter. Like they can, mm, yeah. They, they're not looking at this as one movie. They're looking at this as a franchise. Yeah, absolutely. And they're looking at it as its own franchise. And if it works, obviously, putting Shazam and Black Adam together would be a good thing. So I think that's what they're looking toward. And a matter of, as a matter of fact, the Shazam Black Adam. I mean, in the original comics, the the Captain Marvel world was its own world. Right. You know, it was not incorporated with with Earth One or Earth Two. It was Earth S, I think, in the comics. And they could very well be looking to that. And they could have a sub-world within the DCEU. And I think that, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is, he's, he's a charismatic, he's bigger than the character of Black Adam. Whereas Henry Cavill is not bigger than the character of Superman. Right. But yeah. Dwayne Johnson, Black Adam is a lesser character. Not a lot of people know him even if you're a big comic book fan so i think as far as warner brothers is concerned and david zaslav is concerned he's probably looking at this as a dwayne johnson franchise starter so i don't think it's as important to the wider dc eu because john the standalone dc movies are doing yeah they haven't there's a few that haven't been doing well but your marquee titles aquaman's a marquee character batman's a marquee character those those they're doing good and, you know, we've got maybe Blue Beetle. They've got a lot of different balls in the air. But I, I do think that this is, first and foremost, they're in business with the biggest movie star in the world. And they're looking at this as that movie star's big film, more so than the DC universe. Chris, you're, we see what he's saying. How big is this new trailer? How important is this movie to the overall health of DC? And by the way, I was looking at it pessimistically, like how is it important that it not fall on its face? Yeah. But how big could it be if it ends up being a hit at the same time? How yeah. do you see it standing? I mean, if this does well, it could be huge. We've got so many characters here. We have Dwayne Johnson. We have a lot of things that should go right here. So a lot, a lot of ticks for yes on this one, right? And I think this could be the crown jewel, if they want to, of the DCEU, should all the execution go well. That's great. The issues here, though, are that the other films just haven't been doing well. And what we have coming up on the roster, too, are also riddled with other outside issues, right? Aquaman 2, as much as fans like Aquaman, that still has some outside drama and things that are really, really pushing on that franchise. And also, is that sequel going to live up to expectation? We've got... Um, 
Flash? Uh, I think no. I think that's, <laughs> that's the only movie. Um, yeah, it's just Aquaman. It's the only movie left on the roster because that's not a real movie. <laughs> so it, it does It does have a lot of pressure on it, though, to do well, right? And I love, love, love the idea of hopefully, I know this is supposed to be a very dark anti-hero, but I do love the idea of eventually Shazam and Black Adam existing in the same universe. I would like if it's not self-contained so that we see that dichotomy because I do like the growing danger that Billy has to keep dealing with and the more adult danger he has to keep dealing with. You know, he's been in his little, like, his personal world with all the other Shazam kids. I think it's exciting to see him put in more and more imminent danger. Um, and I think the juxtaposition between Black Adam and Shazam would be really, really exciting to look at. If it's done well, I think it's going to be huge. I also think that The Rock is a hype man. So everything he does is the next big thing. And it's so amazing and so exciting. That's why he's so good at his well. job. Yeah. Every interview he does, he manages to pitch his tequila, which is great. Um, <laughs> but like, he's a showman. So everything he does is obviously going to have big flair, big finesse. I think this is going to be a great trailer to see more of what the film's about. Hopefully get more Dr. Fate. That's personally what I'm most excited about. But is and it the forget, biggest trailer ever? I don't, know. don't forget, we, we already did see in a form, we saw Dwayne The Rock Johnson in the first yeah. Shazam movie, right? They, they foreshadowed him in that mm -hmm. a little bit. I, I don't know. So what are you thinking? Well, you know, Another thing, I just uh, just listening to you talk, it occurred to me that the there in the DC universe there was Earth One and Earth Two, mm -hmm. and the Justice Society of America was Earth Two. There is no reason to say that you could have within the DC EU different sub universes. Yeah, and they're introducing on on the grand scale. They're introducing Doctor Fate. They're introducing Hawkman. They're introducing Adam Smasher. By the way, how good does Hawkman look? Dude. Oh, so good. Uh, uh, if it's a cater whole Hawkman, I mean, I love Hawkman. It doesn't have to be in the same universe they're leaning into with the flat, if it comes out, if it's a yeah, real movie. It's real. That, you know, whether it's post-Flashpoint, whatever. But they could be establishing a second DCEU within the context of the Shazam movies. It would work in terms of the comic books. And it wouldn't contradict anything else that we've seen before and i think it's pretty interesting that they're introducing magic and that's something that superman is vulnerable to mm -hmm. so by keeping it in its own thing they're not interfering like you could literally have a whole new justice league over here and then have your black call it the black adam universe if it's successful and then they can have their own meeting the way they used to do in but Justice League comics. Is that how they're doing it, though? And I, I'm not I, sure that it is. I don't think it, it. I don't think they are doing that right now. But I'm saying if this movie is a real big hit, this is a very different kind of movie than Aquaman is or that yeah. Flash is. So they could keep this unto itself. I mean, if this movie makes a billion dollars, if it's that good, they might want to do that. But I don't know. I mean, it's there. You know, the opportunity is there. Guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? First of all, we got a brand new trailer for Black Adam. Still four months out from the movie, but it's coming next week. I'm very excited to see that. How important is this movie for DC right now? Being if it falls down, if it's a huge hit. What do you guys think about this? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move into our fifth and final main topic today. Chris. What is topic number five? This is from Benji the Husky. It's amazing he can type with his paws. <laughs> so Tom Cruise and Top Gun did it. They impressed with a 134 million domestic opening Ooh. weekend at the box office. Just to be clear, that's actually incorrect. I think it's 126. Oh, just, okay. just so you know. Anyway. 
They also got over 40 crowd going uh, going back to the movies, 55% of ticket buyers, since the pandemic began. I watched the movie at my local IMAX theater on opening night and definitely noticed a different crowd than when I go to a typical Marvel or DC movie. I also think that with the positive word of mouth and repeat viewings, we're going to see a strong second weekend. What are your thoughts on the opening weekend numbers? And do you believe that the over 40 crowd is going to continue going back to the movies? Or was this a one-off? Thanks and bring on the filthy. Thanks a lot for saying that in Benji. And this nearly doubled Tom Cruise's previous best opening weekend. I think it was like 65, 66, $67 million was his biggest opening weekend ever. And that was for War of the Worlds. That was his biggest opening weekend ever. This nearly doubled it. The official tally is $124 million that this movie made. By the way, with an opening weekend of $124 million, it is the largest opening of any movie that's not a comic book or a Disney film in four years. Not since the last Jurassic World movie in 2018 did a movie open this big that wasn't a, a Disney, Marvel, or a, or Star Wars, or a, a comic book film. Biggest one in four years. This is a movie that I said for a couple of years building up to it. This is far too late to do a Top Gun movie. I mean, it might be all right, but it's too late. I changed that tune when they showed us the first 15 minutes of it a year and a half ago at the, the previous CinemaCon. I'm like, oh my God, this movie looks awesome. And then we saw the whole thing at Comic-Con or at CinemaCon a couple of weeks ago. And it is awesome. I, I and I saw it again the other night. We've been singing the praises of this movie for a while. This movie is so freaking good. This is the movie. And I, I can't remember if it was Ray that said it or something. This is a summer movie, man. This, this Top Gun movie is a summer movie. I took Anne to see it the other night. She absolutely loved it. And she's not a big fan of the original Top Gun. And she just thought it was absolutely fantastic. I loved watching it on the big screen again. This is just such a great movie and one that deserves all the success in the world. But considering the fact that Tom Cruise has never opened a movie to bigger than $65 million and the fact that the previous movie was 36, 38 years ago, can't remember, I didn't think it would crack 100. I, said, I think it'll get close to 100. It'll be as big as only. I think it'd crack 100. But it did. $124 million. Ooh. And there's even bigger meaning to that. This comes to us from the folks over at Variety who wrote the following. Audiences over 40 years old, the people who were top of mind when Paramount greenlit another Top Gun, turned out in force, 55% of the ticket buyers, which is impressive because that is the demographic that has been the most reluctant to return to theaters. Still, the dazzling stunts in Maverick managed to entice significant percentage of millennial moviegoers. 45% of the people who went to go see the movie were 35 or younger who were not alive when Top Gun opened 36 <laughs> years ago. The film's positive word of mouth should be very helpful in continuing to reach younger crowds. And that, again, comes us from Variety. And this is why, number one, this, which, by the way, Top Gun Maverick, now the biggest opening in Memorial Day movie history. Yeah, I think it beat out one of the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies okay. uh, for that thing. It is now the biggest Memorial Day opening weekend in history. Tom Cruise's biggest opening in his illustrious career. All that is great. Biggest opening for a non-Disney or DC movie in four years. But maybe the most important part of that, and maybe the part that the industry and theaters are most excited about, was that little fact that Variety put in that article. The people who have not been coming back to the movie theaters in good numbers are the over 40 crowd at this point. They have been the slowest to readopt coming back in. To have a movie like Top Gun come out 
and 55% of those record numbers are that over 40, the demographic that haven't been coming back to the movies yet. And what happens when you go to a movie that you love? You want to come back to the movies again. When you go somewhere that has a great experience, whether it's a great restaurant, a movie, strip club, whatever, when you go out and have a fabulous time, you are more likely to go back. I don't know where that came from, but you are more likely to go back if you At have a good time. At the movie theater, you don't get covered in glitter. <laughs> Usually. Maybe. Usually. Maybe. Depends on what you're doing. There's some movie theaters. Yeah. 4DX, now including glitter. <laughs> glitter. <laughs> Sploosh. So anyway... Um, it's extremely significant. So just add that to another impressive feat by this movie. Anyway, Rob, you saw Top Gun. I know you loved this movie. What do you think about this $124 million that it made, breaking all kinds of records uh, in its way doing it, but also bringing back audiences who haven't been coming back to the movie theaters yet? What do you see as the most important thing here? Well, I went and saw it again yesterday at the Chinese Theater in Hollywood. And, um, you know, Bought, these are bought by a friend of mine, bought them weeks ago in anticipation of, of seeing the film. What I thought was really surprising was, first of all, it was very crowded. And the audience, they cheered multiple times. Multiple, cried. <laughs> multiple claps, cries, sniffles, and whatever. And it, it to me, you know, this really was a passion project of Tom Cruise. He brought in Chris McQuarrie, an Academy Award-winning screenwriter, to rewrite the script. He worked with Joseph Kaczynski, a director that he he, he worked with on Oblivion, which is, a, I think, a very underrated film. You know, and and this movie was crafted by people that made this film their life's work. I mean, not that they don't have a lot more work to do, but this was this was made by people. A studio. Do you think it was a good bet to make a thirty-six-year-old sequel to a movie? I mean, it probably. Maybe a little. It's not like Tom Cruise is not Dwayne Johnson. He didn't open movies to $100 million. Right. He's had a very consistent career. So from a spreadsheet standpoint in this day and age, not necessarily the best idea, but I think this movie stands as a testament to show you what is possible when you have really good people who know exactly what they're doing, who are trusted by the studio to do what they do. And they're not spending $200 million. I mean, maybe they did. This probably was a very expensive movie. But this movie was exactly what it was supposed to be. And it was carefully crafted. And the studio knew what they had. They didn't go, you know what? It's the pandemic. We're going to put this on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, to which Tom Cruise said, no. Over no. my dead body. Yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> they absolutely knew what they had. And you know what? Tom Cruise, they believed in what they had. And you don't see that a lot. And I think that they've been justly rewarded because if you look at the foreign numbers too, it's also it grossed another almost $100 million overseas. So you're looking at close to, with our four-day weekend, probably a $250 million opening for this film. And it didn't have a week launch in advance in European territories. I mean, this is basically over the last four days. This movie's a monster hit. And for Paramount, you know, it's the culmination. They've had a really good year between Sonic 2 and mm -hmm. Jackass and the movies that they've released this year it's been it's been it's been their year really. they've, yeah, yeah they've made money on all their films and i think this is a testament to what studio filmmaking should be all about and i think it's a fantastic result for everybody involved i think that this film is a wonderful movie now seeing it twice we saw it at cinemacon for the first time seeing it again in, in imax with a crowd i mean john when you know when we go and saw endgame together and and on your left you, and people realize what was happening. The portal's open. And to hear people, even at Disney, the jaded genre press like we are, whatever, they cheered. 
this is exactly why people go to have that collective experience in a movie theater. And we need more of this. Look no, no further than Top Gun to be like, you know what, studios? This is what you've got to give us. And this is what you, these are the filmmakers that you have to have working for you. And, and don't let, don't make decisions in boardrooms about what movies should get made. Find the passionate filmmakers that are going to deliver this kind of entertainment mm -hmm. because that's going to get, you're going to win, man. And by the way, I don't know if they did this in your theater, but in mine, when, when I took Anne to go see it, there was a message from Tom Cruise yep. at the beginning. There so was. For those of you, some of you guys may have seen this already, but if you haven't, like, so there was a big message from Tom Cruise being talking to say, first of all, thank you for coming to see this. He goes, we, we made this. I knew one thing. This movie needed to be in a movie theater. And our audience erupted in applause when, when that happened. Same with ours. Now, now, let me ask you this. Since you brought that up, what did you think of that? I had never seen anything quite like that before. I've seen it on home video and stuff, but not in a theater. How'd you feel about that? I, I've seen it done a couple of times, but for different reasons. Like I've seen a couple of, um, you know, AMC will get us started or something. Hello, AMC moviegoers. Yeah. Yeah. We were very excited to make this movie and we're so glad to hear. So please sit back and enjoy. But, but this one was like Tom Cruise saying, who has been like one of the biggest champions of the cinematic experience. This was like Tom Cruise saying, hey, we're, we're coming out of this. Like we survived it. We held on to this. We didn't roll over and play dead when everybody else said, just put it on streaming. We were like, no, this is this movie is for a movie theater. And man, there's I'm going to enjoy watching this movie on my TV screen whenever it's oh, yeah. comes there. But it will not equal the experience you have watching it in a theater. Anyway, Chris, you see all this stuff about mm -hmm. the records break, biggest Memorial Day, biggest Tom Cruise opening, bringing the over 40 crowd back into yeah. the theaters again. What stands out to you most in all this? Oh, man. Well, first of all, I'm so glad you guys brought up how Paramount was just not going to, well, really Tom Cruise, but Paramount <laughs> was not going to compromise on this. And that's something we just kept hearing time and time again at CinemaCon in their presentations, too, about how important the movie-going experience is, how studios need to work with these movie theaters, how it's a hand-in-hand -hand symbiotic relationship, right? And I think that's why Paramount is having such a good year is because they are listening to that instinct. They're going, no, there's a reason why we put things in a theater and we don't do streaming. That leads me to what I think is the biggest takeaway here of the 40 plus crowd coming back because my parents are big streamers now of, oh, we'll just watch it when it's on demand. Oh, we don't need to go to the movies. We won't deal with that. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Whereas it used to be one of their favorite things. Every weekend they'd go to a movie. And this is the movie that I know my dad's finally going to go see in a theater. Yeah. At CinemaCon, it's the only thing that he was texting me about. It was just like, did you see it yet? What did you think? What did you think? Did you even see the original one? Um, and I was like, I, I did. Um, and then, you know, I've talked about this on this show. I, I'm not as in love with this movie, but I do think it is a phenomenal film that, from an objective filmmaker standpoint, is a wonderful, wonderful movie, right? It's beautifully shot. It is well acted. There's a great story in here. It hits nostalgia points for other people. So I think... If something's going to get you back in theaters, it is something that has this kind of scope, right? It is shot so magnificently. Hearing the roar of spectacle. those jets, it really is. It really, really is. And, and I say that truly as somebody who's just like, I still enjoyed this, going to see this. I tell everyone they should go see this in a theater. You know, it's it's something that I'm kind of neutral on, but I'm very, very, very adamant that you go see this in a movie theater instead of waiting to see it 60 days from now when it comes on streaming because it's not going to be the same experience. And this is how you should experience this movie and see if it ticks all those boxes for you. You know what else, John, too? And I, I, kudos to Paramount. 
for putting out that Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One yeah, trailer. Yeah, with it, yeah. we're not getting that movie for more than a year. It's not supposed to come out until June of next year. But seeing that trailer again with all of these global locations, all of these elaborate set pieces, I, I, I mean, and that was it was watching the, the way it was set up at the Chinese. So that trailer happened, then the Tom Cruise message happened, and then Top Gun yeah. started. And I'm like, okay, this is like, talk about showmanship. I'm sure Tom Cruise might have like leaned in and said, you know what I'd like? I'd really like it if you we play this Dead Reckoning trailer. Because like you talk about, you don't need to put trailers out a year in advance anymore. This was very, this was very calculated. And when I saw that trailer, I'd seen that trailer. I've watched a trailer like 100 times already. But I hadn't seen it in the big screen. And in the big screen, you could see all these details that you can't see small. And I'm like... I was so jazzed, and then it was like it was almost like when Tom Cruise when the, the it's it's just a shot of him. It's a simple shot yeah, of Tom just Cruise in a chair, and I'm like Tom Cruise is here to speak just to me, you know. And and he and and that's kind of how I felt about it. And I'm like, but when that man, I'd seen the movie before, and it's so great because the Paramount logo comes on. You hear this like you pointed out the gong, the top the top yeah, gun gong. Mm-hmm. I'm like I felt like I was about to meet. God himself in my cathedral of, <laughs> of cinema. And by the way, you know, Tom Cruise often talks about the reason he does his own practical stunts is because it just brings another level of realism feel. You know where I really noticed that most in this movie? Watching it again, I really took notice. Something as simple as that they very easily could have tried to do in post visuals and all that kind of stuff. Tom Cruise in his jet launching his F-18 from an aircraft carrier. And like you just like, it feels different different when it's real mm-hmm. like it's just, just something about that anyway guys question is for you top gun is shattering a lot of different box office marks and records all over the place it's bringing audiences back to the theater who haven't started going back to the theaters yet what do you think about all this news what out of all those facts stands out to you as being the most significant did you see the movie if so did you like it maybe it didn't work for you whatever you guys think jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts all right guys before we get into our live questions now for you guys, we're going to let you guys know that we're going to open up our live questions. So the super chats are now open. Ding, ding. So if you've got a thought, comment, observation, question, or theory that you'd like to fire in, send it on in. and We'll read it off here in the second half of the show. But before we get to those questions, and as you start firing those in, we want to hear from another sponsor of today's video, the great folks over at Masterclass. Guys, we want to take just a minute and thank the sponsor of this video, Masterclass. Masterclass is offering classes on a wide variety of topics, like all taught by world-class masters at the absolute tops of their field. Each class is broken down out into individual video lessons, usually like around 10 minutes or so long, and members can explore at their own pace. And each class is supported by downloadable materials, lessons, recipes, or more that you can all find at masterclass.com. For example, are you into streaming? Well, you can take the Building Your Streaming class taught by ninjas so you can sharpen up on your streaming skills. Or if you're interested in independent filmmaking, take independent filmmaking from Academy Award winner Spike Lee. You want to get classes on how to direct? How about from Ron Howard? The very first one I personally looked up and got into was Business Leadership by the great Big Papa Iger, Bob Iger himself. And I was absolutely 
enthralled with it. I love every single minute of this stuff. If any of those apply to you, you need to try Masterclass. So I highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass. And as a John Campy Show viewer, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash Campia. Once again, to get 15% off your annual membership, go to masterclass.com slash Campia. And a big thank you to the folks at Masterclass for sponsoring this episode of the John Campy Show. Nookie is like honestly one of my favorite things. Masterclass is amazing. The people they have on there, the stuff that you can take, just go on over to Masterclass, sign up. You won't be sorry that you did. All right. With all that down now, guys, let's just spend the rest of our day taking your live comments and questions that you guys have already been firing in. So, Chris, what do we got in there? All right. We've got some support from the Robo Producer from Pabhuda Misara. Sorry if I said your name wrong. Uh, Jay Bling. While his track record isn't perfect, Christopher McQuarrie's credits on Edge of Tomorrow, the recent Mission Impossible films, and now Top Gun Maverick have made him my favorite action screenwriter. No, he's great. And he's kind of becoming Tom Cruise's go-to guy. Um, I, I've appreciated his work for a long time. And yeah, he's got a very unique voice. And something kind of magic happens when him and Tom Cruise are working together. So I appreciate him a lot. What do you think about uh, McQuarrie? Don't forget they did the first Jack Reacher movie together, too. Oh, that's right. And then McQu- I like that. Not so much the second one, but I like that. I did, one. too. And remember, McQuarrie wrote Valkyrie which is the, the movie where he yeah. played Von Stauffenberg. And that's, by, by the way, I think Tom Cruise's most underrated film. I uh, love Valkyrie. Uh, yeah, and that's when they first really met, and they've been working together ever since. And I mean, McQuarrie, McQuarrie, you know, won an Academy Award writing Usual Suspects. So he's, I, I think he's one of the smartest uh, and probably most accomplished filmmakers working in Hollywood today. And he's kind of under the radar, you know, but I think that they're, it, it, the same way that Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese have a great, working relationship i think mccory's relationship and, and work with tom cruise is one of the most vital uh, pairings of director screenwriter and a star in a long time all right what's next from james argenta pro for star wars celebration 23 go to london and return to the jedi for, for anniversary panel con it's two weeks before cinema con 2023 also is ahsoka basically rebel season five uh, okay, so a whole bunch of stuff in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be a very busy trip if we flew to London and then we'd be going to, because we're definitely going to CinemaCon again next time. Uh, we'll see about that. Um, I It kind of feels that way. I mean, it just feels like they are picking up the story of Rebels. And if that is the case, I have zero complaints. Right. Now, the funny thing is here, I've always hated the Ahsoka Tano character. I think it's the most windbagged, stupid character that Star Wars ever done. But when Rebels came along, and the way they started, the way Dave Filoni started to use the character in Rebels, I started to appreciate the character. And then I kind of fell in love with Rosario Dawson's uh, iteration of Ahsoka. Once I saw the Rosario Dawson iteration of it, I was like, I'm in. I like whatever I felt about the character before and how it was used before, whatever. I am now in. And she looks great. But it, it does kind of feel like Rebels. The next season, and again, if it is, no complaints, because I really like Rebels. All right, what's next? From Sam Fisher. John, after your tweet on Saturday, I bought your book off Amazon. Oh, thank you. But it's like 69 <laughs> on my reading list, so give me time. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, so geez, you got a lot on your reading list. I get it. Ha-ha. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you'd be forgiven to not know. <laughs> You're going to turn it upside down and put it on your face. <laughs> you may not know. Jeez. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> You may not know 
And you'll be forgiven for not knowing because I we I never bring it up. But yes, I have a, I have a novel. I have a book that's on Amazon called The Pride. Um, I'm very proud of it. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for that. And I appreciate that. For those wondering why that's brought up, it's because I know Jonathan, see if you go to my Twitter page and see if you can find uh, this picture. It's like two or three posts down. But one of the really neat things at Star Wars Celebration uh, this year and it, it's kind of like, it's funny because at Star Wars Celebration at Comic-Con, that's our tribe, right? That's totally our tribe is those things. So like it was, we had a great time. Ann and I, like every three steps, some wonderful person would come up and ask to take a picture with us. It was such a good time. But one really special moment happened for me when these folks came up to me with a copy of my book uh, and asked me to autograph. Jonathan, I don't know if you got my Twitter page there with that, with that image up. But anyway, they came up to me with the book and asked me to autograph my book, which, like, that made me feel super special. Like, I, felt, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I just, I almost wanted to cry a little bit. It's the first time somebody came up to me in public with a copy of my book and asked me to sign it. So, yeah. All right. Don't worry about it now, Jonathan. Right. Let's just That's pretty cool because they had yeah. to bring it with them in anticipation they might see you. Yeah. That's sweet. So, it was, it was really pretty awesome. Maybe it, it made me feel, it made me feel really special. So, thank you for making me feel so good. All right. What's next? From Raymond. After Tom's message, people shouted, thank you, Tom. In the theater. Oh, oh, okay. they did too. They did too. Oh, the, they did in mine. I just heard applause. In the, the, thank you, somebody, there was one guy who said it was behind me to the right that said that in the entire theater. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. All right, what's Aww. next? From Fifi, I know there's rumors of OB season two. However, I totally would rather have a Vader Disney Plus show starring Hayden. Thoughts? No. I, I don't, look. Don't get me wrong. I love the Vader character as much as anybody. I'm kind of over it. What? Look, they they look. I feel like everything in Star Wars is make sure we get Invader there. Oh, gotta gonna have new season Rebels. Make sure we got Vader. Gonna have Rogue One. Make sure we got Vader. Do no Obi Wan series. Make sure it's got Vader. I Vader's almost becoming a crutch to them. I, I, Vader's awesome. I mean, he's the greatest villain in cinematic history. But you also, it's time to move on from the character and. And I, I get it. Like, look, there's a potential story there. Okay, now let's tell the story, again, going backwards. Let's tell the story about um, him hunting down all the Jedi. Okay, but do we do we need that story? We get it. We know what happens. I, I don't know. I kind of feel like they shouldn't, but it's a cash cow. It would be automatic views. I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. I would say no to it, though. There's been some really interesting in the, again, canonically or not in the comics in the vader comics mm. there's been some pretty good storylines that i could see them using to base a vader show around a limited series again it comes down to character and story but there's some there's some pretty cool stuff in those comics that i could see them using to jump off as a jumping off point to make a, a limited it, series. all i see is fear and dead men was that was that Vader down? Was that one anyway? But all I see, we surrounded by the realm. Oh, you're surrounded. You're out there. All I the, see is fear and dead. Is that men. the book where the Palpatine and Vader are on that? No, part? no, no. That's from the novel Lords of the Sith, yeah. which is like an amazing novel. How, you, now, if, what if they adapted that? I I don't know. I mean, I I would getting Palpatine and Vader together. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Lords of the Sith is might be. Like right up there with Claudia Gray's Lost Stars and Tarkin, Lords of the Sith might be 
and aside from the earlier Grand Admiral Thrawn trilogy, The Heir to the Empire, it's one of the best Star Wars novels ever written. And it's basically a survival story of what happens when Vader and the Emperor's ship is shot down and they're marooned on a hostile planet and it's a survival movie with the Emperor and Vader. It's a great book. If you haven't read it, I highly suggest it. All right, what's next? From Tyler V602, finally started watching The Boys. What the hell have I been doing with my life? It's amazing. It's so good. It is so good. so good. And I am so excited that we've got the new season coming up. I just watched a public service announcement from Soldier Boy telling people to just say no to drugs. Yeah. Um, it, it's great. I cannot wait. I'm so glad you're on board with it, man. All right. What's next? From Al Renshaw. When I'm in L.A. in September, is In-N-Out a must-try? I hear their burgers are very good. Nope, we're not going to get baited into that. He's just trying to start an argument. So not going to do it, Al. Not going to do it. All right, what's next? From Tacky75, use the Force, Maverick. I'd look. I, we're not going to go into spoilers, but for those of you who've seen the movie, <laughs> it's basically laying out the attack plan on the Death Star. Yes. I mean, it's exactly the attack on the Death Star, but it still works, so I'm okay with it. By design. I mean, you got to love it. Yep. All right, what's next? From Sam Fisher. I mentioned Vader being the boogeyman in the after show because if Vader is so well-known, shouldn't Obi-Wan have already known Anakin was alive? The universe doesn't know Vader is Anakin Skywalker. And look, for a long time, the even existence of Vader was kept not super top secret, but it depends on which books you listen to. But it kind of, he was kind of his, the Emperor's man in the shadows, right? But I mean, in the novelizations, which are supposed to be canon, um, if you found out that Darth Vader used to be Anakin Skywalker, your subscription to life got canceled. You were dead. It was not allowed. And even Tarkin and Vader, who had a mutual respect for each other, didn't speak of it openly. Even Thrawn and Vader, who developed a good mutual respect. Thrawn kind of let him know in a very roundabout way that he knew he was in. and Vader nearly killed him just for knowing. So I don't know. It's, it's weird. All right. What's next from Christian. What do you think is Steven Spielberg's most underrated, underappreciated film? It's his best film. Amistad. Amistad with Jaman Hansu is, is I, I think his best film, his most underrated film. I, I watch that movie at least once every year. And, and I actually think it's his best. What do you think is most underrated? I think it's empire of the sun. Me too. Yeah. Because uh, th that movie's wonderful, and uh, um, I love Amistad too, but I think that there's uh, uh, people don't talk about these movies. Yeah, now, just so we can get it out of the way, Ray, what's Steven Spielberg's most underrated <laughs> <Yes>. film? <laughs> you guys. You guys know. <laughs> I don't know, Chris, what do you think is his most underrated film? Tintin. I yeah. love Tintin. I like that movie too. It's actually. great. Yeah. And I, I before was very mad that he was, I was like, why is he doing friggin' West Side Story? I want Tintin too. And then I ate my hat. Yeah, that um, movie's best film. So I, thought, I thought it was the best film of the year. Yeah. All right, what's next? From MP. Hi, everyone. Which of these flavors sound best for a zero calorie soda? <laughs> Bubblegum, cinnamon, licorice, root beer, toasted marshmallow, or clear coffee? Root beer. Why? Nobody beer. else? Oh toasted marshmallow. I just threw up in my mouth. Cinnamon. All of those. <laughs> I love cinnamon anything. Maybe yeah, the little... marshmallow. I, oh, I man, hate soda. Gross. So, uh, so that, yeah, that would be a hard one. I don't like how it tastes. All sodas? All sodas. I, you know, I, listen, I don't, I don't like, like a soda beer. to go to. I just think all beer tastes the same and it's all, 
Silly. Like I remember Anne That's took, silly. we were we were at a bar in San Diego and she got us a, what's called a flight, yeah. uh, a beer sampler flight. And like one is this and one's a German lager and one's a, a, a whatever. I'm like, okay, that beer, beer, <laughs> beer is just like, eh. So I get it. I but aren't Canadians like, aren't you like, on, isn't beer part of your blood? It's a genetic requirement. I think they build it into your DNA. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that and playing hockey. So they were so busy putting in my hockey DNA that I guess they forgot, they forgot the, beer the beer DNA. Man. And you your, know, your dance crew DNA. You yes, know, my dance crew <laughs> DNA, yes. John Bret Hart did say, your beer is butter. Your beer is butter? You know, when oh, he was talking about the U.S. Oh, that's better. right. That's he said, right. our beer is butter. <laughs> butter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? From Luis. Good morning, everyone. I'm 42, and I saw Top Gun Maverick last Thursday at 2 p.m. However, the theater was empty. We were only two people. I thought it was amazing and better than Doctor Strange and Spider-Man No Way Home. Well, Thursday at 2 p.m. might have had something to do with yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of people are places they were supposed to be at that time. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not. I bet even when Spider-Man was in its second week and and whatever, I bet there were probably some 1 p.m. matinees on a work day or school day that probably weren't doing so good either. So I wouldn't be surprised about that. The important thing is, though, did you have a good time watching it? And uh, that's the main thing. All right. Mm -hmm. What's next? From A. Marcellus, Rob, are you getting the $8,500 life-size C-3PO? Uh, no. <laughs> no. If, if I could get any life-size robot, I would spend $20,000 and get the Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet. I'll tell you what. At Star Wars Celebration, there, was, uh, one, there were many art parts, but the one artist, Anne actually bought one of the prints from one artist, which is amazing, but he had like a seven-foot-tall four and a half foot wide giant portrait of Vader that he had painted wow. $8,000 for that. And then one right beside it, the exact same dimensions, a portrait of a stormtrooper holding a gun, just like the head and the gun part also $8,000. So we saw that. It's like, Oh my God, we came back like an hour later, just these big sold things on him. So wow. and by, same guy came around and said, this will look great in, in my home. I'll buy them both. $16,000 check. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I would buy a, an $8,500 C-3PO life-size. I'd love to get, you know, build a home theater and at the bottom have have a life-size Vader and 3PO. I just, at this point in my life, I don't see having even as crazy as I might be. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of yeah. money. <laughs> and they start moving at night, too. <laughs> <laughs> you come I back, have, you come down and says, that wasn't there. I know it uh, wasn't there. Or how about R2's there. just gone, and, and you're like, what happened? You didn't put a restraining bolt <laughs> There's on. There's no restraining yeah. bolt. Mm -hmm. All right, what's next? From Jay Master. Fun fact, the mountains in Top Gun Maverick trailer are the Cascade Mountains here in Seattle. The scene was filmed here in Washington. Yep. Nice. I had no idea. Yeah, they. as a matter of fact, what was really cool, I... I don't think we sat through the end credits for Top Gun. No, we didn't. There's an extensive list of all the military personnel that uh, uh, assisted in the film. And one of the places that they listed was the Woodby Island Naval Air Station, which is from, you know, Seattle area, which I thought was pretty cool. And it was really kudos to the people at Top Gun for giving all of the military credit 
at yeah. the end of the movie. That was very classy. Okay, now we are we got a lot to go and we're a little bit behind. So let's keep going here as fast as we can. All right, what's next? Sin Vendetta, who sends in an almost $20 super chat. Thank, Thank you, Sin Vendetta. John, I owe you an apology. Aww. I have been so absorbed in the whole Depp versus Heard trial that I haven't watched this show in like three weeks. <laughs> now that the trial is almost over, I'm back now. Sorry, John. Oh, no, that's fine. Hey, listen, would you, the nice thing about the fact that our show is on YouTube is you can watch it anytime you want. Yeah. So that's the great thing about it. And uh, hey, listen, it's a long show, man. We do a two hour plus show a day. Mm-hmm. We're just glad that you're here and a part of our community, man. So thanks for being here. All right. What's next? From Blake. Hey, team. I finally watched everything everywhere all at once. And all I got to say is Rakakuni. Yeah, that's one of the most quotable best things coming out of that movie. I won't say what it is for those you don't know. Uh, again, I it is still after Doctor Strange, after Top Gun. It is still my number one movie of the year. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is still, for me, the best movie of the year. Uh, The Batman is still my second, and The Northman is still my third. So that's still my top three. Uh, Top Gun's in my top five there. I don't know where it's going to be by the end of the year, but it's it's been a pretty good year for movies so far. Mm -hmm. So we'll see where we're going from now. All right, what's next? From Stubble McShave, 82 and 94 had many good comedy, drama, and thriller and sci-fi films. 94 was Jim Carrey's year, uh, Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, and Mask. Best pick category was Sick, and I love True Lies. Uh, Good years. Listen, here's the thing. I'm not a date guy. I could not tell you what year anything came out. Other than Star Wars, I can't tell you what year. I would struggle to tell you what year Endgame came out. I, I'm, I'm not good with dates at all. But yes, True Lies, my favorite action film of all time. What was your favorite 94 film? Because I know you do know all these years. Oh, I don't know all of them, but True Lies is definitely up there. But he mentioned 82. Do you know what next month, June, it's the 40th anniversary of, check it out, Poltergeist, Star Trek Two, Blade Runner, John Carpenter's The Thing, and E.T. all opened in the same month. Wow. In the same month? Same month in 1982. That might be the greatest month in cinematic history. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely one of them. And, and actually, it was in May, but Road Warrior celebrates its, I think we just had its anniversary. But can you imagine, John, Sophie's Choice, Poltergeist or Star Trek Two, Same day, June 4th. I mean, I went and saw Star Trek Two four times in the same day. Saw Poltergeist the next day. But still, that was a tough day. They're here. 1994, the only action movie to see. Lion King. Oh, was that 94? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, when you're a kid, that movie was everything. It was. All right, what's next? From Sam Fisher, didn't Reva say she searched the archives? I can see her being obsessive enough to look for every file and find a buried recording calling Anakin Vader. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure, though, that Vader's not a moron. Uh, it's like, oh, 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 find out who Vader is? Oh, just look at his file. Just go Punch look at the in. file. <laughs> I mean, I'm... Pretty sure that is something they would have taken care of. You head down to Human Resources. You go talk to Gail, and she's going to let you know exactly who he is. Did nobody think to go to the library? Nobody? Okay. Yeah. I, I, again, to me, they have some explaining to do uh, when it comes to that little factor. But hey, that we may find that out tomorrow night when the next episode comes out. All right. What's next? From LJ. Hope your weekend was great and your mom is doing well. I watched Top Gun this weekend. Loved it. What's the best part of the movie for you? Um, for me, first of all, thank you very jets. much. Appreciate that. What's that, Jonathan? The part with the jets. Yeah, the part with the jets. The jet part was the best part. Um, the best part of the movie, without giving away any spoilers, uh, but was the whole, the first time the new class has to get up in the air with Maverick. Like that, that to me was just the, the best. That part. whole sequence. And you, and you got to remember, see, these, th- this new class, they're not a new class. Every one of the pilots in this, in the movie, 
are supposed to have been the graduates, the top of their class graduates mm -hmm. of Top Gun. Best each of one best. of them were in Top Gun, each, and each one of them were the best of the best. And now they got to get up in the air with Maverick. And that is my favorite part of the movie. All right, what's next? From Jay Masters. Jay Masters. <laughs> At Star Wars Celebration, it was officially announced that Star Wars Vision Season 2 is coming in spring 2023 as being global tour with different animation and anime. Yeah, I will say this. I am not a huge fan of Star Wars Visions. It was, it's hit and miss. Like some of the things like the whole, this is the story of an up and coming rock band in space. <laughs> I oh, love it. Oh, come on. <laughs> that was I love it so much. Stupid I love apt. it. It's so cute. Uh, some With Jogo the, as the voice, come on. And then they had the, the, like the brother and sister one where they're like, I didn't like that one. What? But then they had a couple I thought were really damn good. Like the old Sith guy, mm -hmm. the very first one they did with the village and things like yeah. that. Like that some of them good. were awesome. So I am, I'm actually quite looking forward to the next one. What was your favorite one? Oh man, I do love the rock band one a lot. Probably that one that has all the Kurosawa vibes <laughs> yep. is really, yeah, really, it's so favorite. epic. And I like the one too, where it's the bunny Jedi. Oh, she's great. And the animation that is beautiful. Yeah. Is that the one with the, with the sisters? Yeah. And, okay, you mm -hmm. know what? That was a really that good one. That one I was like, yep. I want a show of this right yeah, now. Yeah, Put that, it in that one could have been an entire series. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. All Can't right. wait What's... for uh, Chippendale, uh, Moss Eisley Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> Chippendale, Moss Eisley so, Those crimes would go slipping through the cracks because of all the sand. Oh, that's right. Oh, man. All right. What's next? From Orla Oh, from South Texas Shark. Jedi Survivor 2023. Let go. Huh? I don't know. Survivor, the TV show. Oh, Jedi Survivor 20, I guess. Wait, no, no, isn't that the name of they announced a couple of things? They, they, they announced uh, Jedi Tales of the Jedi, I think, which I have zero interest in, but I think that's the name of another one of the shows. Oh, is it? I think Jedi Survivor was the name. I, <laughs> I tune out with some of the animated stuff, I must admit, but whatever. I guess, other than Rebels, I've never really liked the Star Wars animated stuff. But Rebels, big exception. I actually, I'm, a, I'm quite a fan of Rebels. All right, what's next? From Orange Hand, was I the oh, only? Oh, it's sorry, it's the Fallen Jedi sequel. Oh, uh, that's, that's the name of the, that's the title for Fallen Jedi. That, okay, I mean, I'm all in for that. I'm all in for that. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Fallen Jedi was my favorite Star Wars video game since uh, the Force Unleashed. It's one of the best Star Wars stories in a while yeah. too. It's it's really good. All right, what's next? From Orange Hand, was I the only one who went to Doctor Strange 2 thinking the Illuminati were a multiversal group made up of heroes from different universes? Um, I think... I had an inkling. That's what I had a hope. I, I did. I, I think somewhere in one of the trailers, it was like they were in one spot. But you know, when the first images came out and you saw the Ultron bots and everything, it was, it was kind of the feeling like this might have been one of those places that sits outside of reality yeah. or something like that. So no, you know what? I don't think you were the only one to think that. That's probably pretty common. All right, what's next? From Jamie, oh, from Jerome. Did you like uh, Giancarlo's p panel at Star Wars Celebration? I did not see it. I, I was not there for it. I'll tell you what, though. I met Giancarlo Esposito and got to talk to him for a few minutes when we were at LA Comic Con. That dude is super hype. He's just like, he's having a ball. He knows he's a rock star right now, and he is loving every second of it. He's a really cool dude. There's, I watched an interview with him at Celebration. I don't know who was interviewing him, and he was talking about, it was about what it's like to have the cape and how, and how he felt like a kid, you know, and the way he was moving the cape around him. and what, I thought it was great. And I watched, I'm like, I love that guy. It yeah. made me, I watched it just this morning, and it, I'm just like, he's you know, cool. his, his hot toy just came out. 
Oh, Ooh. really? Yes, it did. Are you yes, going to get it? it? Yes. Okay. All right. What's question. next? <laughs> From Jamie Sundays. Top Gun is the most important picture of the year for cinemas. Saw it in 70 millimeter IMAX at CityWalk. Saw it three times. Everyone loved it. Okay. There's a good argument to be made for that. I would still propose that Spider-Man No Way Home for the industry, it was probably the most, well, no, I take that back. Technically, that's a 2021 film. Yep. So you know what? Yeah. So far, Top Gun is the most important film, not just because it's huge box office, but that big thing Chris and I were talking about. It is bringing back a demographic to the theaters that have not started coming back yet. Yeah. And that alone is super significant. The yeah. fact that it is the biggest non-Marvel and DC and Disney opening film in four years. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. So I think you're absolutely right. It's the most important film of the year so far. All right, what's next? From Caden, as a diehard Star Wars fan, I loved the announcements they made at Celebration. However, no movie announcements. That's a really hard pill to swallow. And and confusing. Yeah. I, I, like, uh, how can you be at Lucasfilm and not understand the importance of that? And, and understand, yeah, we got no movies coming out in the next year. Okay, just bring out Taika. Yeah. Just bring out Watiti to talk for 10 minutes on a stage about why the Star Wars universe is awesome and why he can't wait to play on it. And I'm so excited to bring you a story that that me and so-and-so have come up with and we're bringing... I mean, just something to give some attention to it. It's Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. Like, well, it, not that this pigeonholes them, but it's Lucas Films. Yes. It's in the name. It's Lucas it. Film. All yeah. right. <laughs> What's next? Uh, from PDOT. Uh, Rob, I never have seen The Godfather until this month. Watched every full-cut remastered versions of the trilogy. Already started The Offer, baby. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad. I mean... Look, to me, The Godfather is, it's an epic story, beautifully told. And John was just telling me, you finished, you're, you're caught up with the you're author. caught up, yep. Which, while I might have problems with the accuracy of it, it's wildly entertaining. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving the show so far. And the acting is so great. And, you know, congratulations, because you've delved your, you've delved into one of the great cinematic uh, achievements of all time. All right, what's next? From Ryan, the Stranger Things crew must be so happy with the timing of their GIF product placement with Hopper gleefully digging into it with his dirty fingers. <laughs> okay, so I have not started watching Stranger yeah. Things season four there, yet. There was a Salmonella recall on GIF peanut butter. Oh, was there? Yeah. Like in real life? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, that's funny. So, I mean, it is is great time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? From Orlando. Hey, John and crew. Stranger Things season four was amazing. Can't wait for season, uh, wait, can't wait part for the two. season part of the season. Yeah, probably uh, the, the second, second season. part of, yeah, part yeah. two of the season. The season yeah, part of, part of the season. I run for the first <laughs> half of the new season. I have not started watching yet. Obviously, my focus was more on Obi-Wan yeah. and then we had the weekend hit, Star Celebration. Have, and then I, just, I, I thought about starting to watch it yesterday because, mm -hmm. Anne was out of the house for a part of the day yesterday. So I thought, okay, I can either watch Stranger Things or I can get caught up on, because I'd only seen one episode. I need to get caught up on the offer. And I yeah. opted for the offer. Super glad that I did. By the way, a TV series is basically telling you or like dedicated to preaching at you, movies are way better than TV. Like that's, <laughs> it's a TV series that is all about movies are better. That's the whole thing. By the way, two incredible speeches in that show. One near the first half of the of uh, the offer where Miles Teller's in the movie theater and they just watched Planet of the Apes and he gives this five minute speech about magic of the movies. Aww. And he goes, I never saw my mom cry in my life except in a movie theater. And like just talking about the glorious, and then in the last, I think, episode, 
when uh, Evans is giving his pitch to the board and talking about the importance of the magic of movies and stuff like that. It's like, oh my God. By the way, the, I am loving the offer. I don't care what the fucking critic rating on this mm -hmm. thing is. This show is awesome. I don't, I I, I mean, hey, listen, it's all subjective. Yes, but I'm watching this. What is there not to like? Yeah. This is so fun. Anyway, sorry. So entertaining. Next. What's next? <laughs> From Sam Fisher. Why does everyone want a Mace Windu series? I get that he was distinct and an individual, but he didn't seem special. Is it just because it's Sam Jackson? I, I think a lot of it has to do with it's Sam Jackson. Yeah. I mean, listen, last I checked, the, the there was um, the Mayo Medical, uh, whatever they're called, Mayo Medical Institute, whatever. The more Sam Jackson in your life, the better. The healthier you'll be. <laughs> you'll smile more. You'll live longer. Why not? I'm with you. Mace Windu is not one of the more intriguing Star Wars characters to me. No. But, you know, when, when you have Anakin Skywalker saying as, as what is it, wise as Master Yoda, as powerful as Master Windu, mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're talking about a legit badass. And that in and of itself is kind of interesting. But yes, I, I've never really felt that we need to revisit that character. Not no. really. All right. What's next? From Temple, D.C., Top Gun was an amazing surprise. I expected it to be good, but I was blown away by how the nostalgia gave so much meaning to the new story. It was a beautiful, character-centric story about fighter jets. I mean, it's just great. And they never even mention the name of the country they're attacking. It's never even mentioned. It's like, they just refer to it as the enemy. Okay, yeah. we're entering enemy airspace. Which enemy is that? Nah, one of them. It doesn't yeah. really matter. <laughs> you know, those guys. <laughs> those, those, those other guys. All right, what's next? From Spencer Smothers. Loved seeing family video in Stranger Things. I live in Detroit, and we had family video here. Unfortunately, they finally closed their doors last year. Wait a minute. They made it to last year? That's impressive. <laughs> like, I think, it didn't just, like, the last blockbuster finally close down? Like, last year? Yeah. Like that? Now. I, I don't even, I don't know. Somebody in the live chat will have to tell me this. I don't think there's a Rogers, because... In Canada, you guys had Blockbuster. In Canada, we had Rogers Video. Um, I don't know. Somebody have to tell me if any Rogers videos still exist. I I certainly haven't seen one in any of my trips back to Canada. All right, Canada is just like an alternate universe, isn't it? It's just it's just an alternate universe. It's like the Upside Down yeah. with better beer. I was gonna say, but everyone's nice, and you have routine. Yeah, yeah, like, by that down. definition, we would we, be the we're the Upside Down. down. Yeah, we're okay, the maybe that's yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, that's right. The America is the upside yeah. down of Canada. All right. What's next? From Harado, you were right. Hamada testified Amber's role was never reduced. She was almost recast due to lack of chemistry with Momoa. Yeah, we talked about that, right? It's yeah. like, no, they were not going to reduce her role because of any of the drama. It None of that was real. None. Of, I don't care wow. if Amber Heard believed it or not. It, none of that was real. Yeah. It And, and by the way, <laughs> he ain't wrong. I, I really like Aquaman, the first one. I do. I personally think Amber Heard's a, a very good... I like seeing Amber Heard movies. I, I do. I mean, she's not as good of an actor as Johnny Depp, but still, she's good and everything like that. But no, there was no real chemistry between Jason Momoa and Amber Heard in that movie. It ain't Jason Momoa's fault. I'm not saying it's any of the, the actors' fault, but there was not. And those two just didn't click. And I could totally buy them thinking about maybe going in a different direction to make that work. Because listen, if Tony and Pepper... If, if Robert Downey Jr. and I almost called her Gwen Stefani, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, <laughs> if that that's movie. a totally different Iron Man movie. <laughs> wow. If Gwyneth Paltrow and, and uh, Robert Downey Jr., if their chemistry did not work in that first Iron Man, there would have been a new somebody else yeah. mm -hmm. in, in the next one. And I, I totally see that. All right. What's next? 
from Talkie 75 again. It was a nice moment. Let's not ruin it. And that's how you end an emotional scene. And we're not even going to talk about what that's too. Okay, yeah. what's next? But that was great. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? One of the best lines of the year. Jay Master sending in Jay a Twitter Master. chat. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> Baby Yoda makes an appearance at the Mandalorian Plus panel with a teaser trailer shown for Mandalorian Season 3 at Celebration. Also a first look at Ahsoka that shows Sabine Wren, Hera Sandula, and Ezra Bridger. Did they show the actor? I do not know. I did I, not I, watch because, that one. I, I'm going to assume they didn't show the show the actor. It might have been so, because from everything, like as far as I know, the last I heard was that Ezra Bridger was going to be played by Kid from Aladdin. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And why am I freezing on Kid? Guys, most, what's his name? No. I don't have it. It's great casting, though. Yeah, uh, guys in the live chat, if you guys remember uh, his name, I cannot remember his name for the life of me right now. Mina Masoud. Mina Masoud, who was so delightful in Aladdin. He's great. Yeah, talk about good chemistry. Him and and um, Naomi Scott. Naomi Scott had great chemistry. That was so good. Yeah, uh, so I have no idea if he's going to be playing that or not. I have no idea, but I hope so. Oh, my God, I hope so, too. That would be really good. All right, what's next? From Santiago, rewatched Captain Marvel yesterday. Top 10 of my MCU faves. Why do you think the movie got so much hate when it came out? Thoughts on the movie? Well, look, I'm not going to fall on that. Like everybody, everybody knows why there was a small, very vocal, toxic yeah. people who did. And then there were some people who just, like me watching Hawkeye. I just watched Hawkeye. Didn't work for me. Didn't like it. Some people watched Captain Marvel. Didn't work for them. Didn't like it. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I don't think it's personally for me, it's not one of the better MCU movies. I'd agree with that. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Not one that I feel like I need to, there's a number of MCU movies. I feel I need to go back and watch every year and Captain Marvel's not one of them, but it definitely has a bunch of upside. I enjoyed it. I got to say, I, I, I saw it three times in the theater. Really? Uh, I, for whatever reason, being that it's a space movie, you had basically space cops. You know, I, I was like. I like this movie. Like, I didn't expect it to be top-tier MCU, but it just appealed to me on many different levels. Right. And I liked it. And I unapologetically love my my Captain Marvel hot toys. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I love the uniform. I love everything about it. I mean, was Brie Larson the most charismatic person? I would have liked to have had her be a little bit more... With a little bit more I think swagger, that more to do with the script. I was gonna say the yeah, writing of the character. That, that was the yeah. problem. That was the problem. But yeah. I liked, I liked the design of it all. I liked Jude Law. I mean, I liked it. Yeah, and it's oh, fun. I keep forgetting the name of the guy from Bloodline, uh, who who played, uh, who also played. Uh, he was in Rogue One. Oh, oh, Ben Mendelsohn. Ben yeah. Mendelsohn. He's Mendelsohn amazing. was great yeah. in that he was movie. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And again, Sam him. Jackson. More Sam Jackson. Your life the longer you yeah. live. It's a medical fact. It's science. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. And seeing Colson back was really good, too. All right. What's next? From Sam Fisher. I'm sure your answer is movie, but would you rather have a Star Wars movie directed by Bryce Dallas Howard or a whole TV season directed by her? Movie. Oh, that's easy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Movie. Uh, Look, all I know is I'm looking forward to seeing whatever Bryce Dallas Howard does next. I mean, I I mean, I first met Bryce Dallas Howard. I did an interview with her and Emma Stone at the same time. And it was the first time anybody had done an interview with the two on-screen Gwen Stacy's uh, at the time. But that was the first time I ever met her. She's delightful. What she has done with Star Wars and, and her time there has been great. Uh, but yes, always 100%. I want to see her do a movie. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher. Someone posted on Twitter a pic of the Grand Inquisitor from Rebels with the caption, I want to lick his forehead horizontally because of the ridges. <laughs> and listen, the big question that a lot of people have had is like, wait a minute, he can't be dead. Because Grand Inquisitors are, 
hmm, you're, we're all assuming that's the same Grand Inquisitor. There's definitely similar, definitely obvious similarities, but it could be that some of those similarities and markings could be more of a reflection of something that's done to you when you become Grand Inquisitor. I don't know. We will have to wait and see. But I did love the Grand Inquisitor in the in the show. What's that? Or he's a clone. Mm-hmm. I was or also told yeah. he, that he has two stomachs, that yes. that race has two, so maybe he didn't die, you know? Yeah, like he may have survived. Look, we did not see Reva chop his head off. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Lots of, well, again, we're, we're only about 36 hours away from finding out more. It's tomorrow's game day, so we'll game find day. out. <laughs> All right, what's next? From uh, Jake, sending in almost $20 super chat. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. Since both Obi-Wan and Jedi Survivor take place uh, 10 years after Order 66, does that make it likely that we'll see Cal and Obi-Wan or Obi-Wan in Jedi Survivor? The idea of Jedi Survivor serving as a loose follow-up to Obi-Wan does kind of excite me. Listen, I thought there was a possibility that Cal could have, a character from Fallen Order, that Cal could have showed up in Mandalorian Season 2. Like when we were like we when we knew a Jedi was going to show up in the finale, uh, obviously the big one up there was was Luke as one of the possibilities. But one of those other possibilities, I think a lot of people felt was Cal. Cal was an operating mm-hmm. Jedi out at that time. They very well the the Benny Safdie character, in Episode One, very easily could have been Cal. Narratively, you could have made that work too. So I I will give a solid twenty percent chance, mm. a solid one in five chance that we may see Cal in this season of Obi-Wan. I don't know. What do you think? It could happen. I mean, you never know. They're, they're making a concerted effort to sort of pull all of these th- narrative threads together. So what do you think? Do you think we see Cal in, in this thing? I think we will. I think we absolutely will with the same actor, uh, Cameron, uh, what's his name? Morgan playing him. Cause he already, I mean, He's the right age. I mean, like, what's modeled after him? It's, it's modeled after him. It's like him. Sam Witwer playing Starkiller. It's exactly. modeled after him. He voices it. Yeah. By the and way, guys, I decided that's a good question. So I, for those of you watching live, I've just put that up in the live chat. I've put up a poll up in the live chat simply asking you guys a question. Will Cal show up in Obi-Wan, do you think? Uh, right now, a little over 100 of you have already responded. 55% of you are saying yes. Wow. So, I don't know, we'll see. Can we'll I ask you guys a totally wacky, unrelated question? Was it just me? Am I wrong about this? But was Flea's hench people in the second episode, were they the same race as Prince Shizor from Shadows of the Empire? One of the green guys. You know what? The- I can oh. barely remember them. All I can say is I, when watching it, that didn't stand out to me. So I'll, I, my guess is no. I but mostly just got excited about Flea. Maybe, I was like, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I don't know. It just, but for one, for something, it struck me. I forgot to ask anybody. I haven't asked anyone. I have I to rewatch and bring it up. Yeah. That's All right. Wait a second. Is that Flea? Is that really Flea? Yeah, yeah that's Flea. Yeah, I knew he looked familiar. I just didn't bother looking at I him. I love when Flea shows up and Sometimes stuff. Sometimes he feels <laughs> like. Great. All right. What's next? From Temple, D.C., yet the main story was very compelling on its own. What Tom Cruise was able to achieve with this movie. Oh, I feel like this is part of another. Oh, yeah, but they didn't number it. Yeah, uh, they didn't number it. Got a number, uh, yeah, absolutely. What the, it there? There's legitimate there. There were people crying in the theaters, excited and big applause at the end. They captured a lot in this movie. That's why I say it is in every way. I, again, I thought the Kelly McGinnis um, love story in the first uh, Top Gun was a little bit better. But other than that. 
in every way, this movie is superior to the original film, I think. And anyway, all right, okay, what's next? From Sam Fisher. I know with Star Wars Celebration, you might not have had time, but did you watch the Letterkenny spinoff Shorzy? It was fantastic. You would love it. No, is I didn't. But again, I, my, my, uh, one of my really, really good friends who used to do some stuff with me uh, on the movie blog, whatever, his name's Rodney. He literally just bought a new house in Sudbury, Canada, that's five minutes up the road from the arena that they're shooting Shorzy in. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm going to have to get out there and I'm going to have to catch up on that at some point. All right, what's next? From Dr. J. Hi, team. David Zaslav has stared down the CW, the Wonder Twins, J.K. Rowling critics, J.J. Abrams, and even Clint Eastwood. He doesn't want to overspend, but do you think there will be any new projects announced this year? There will definitely be new projects announced this year. But look, what the big thing on... David Zaslav, the number one thing he has to do is to get this place in shape, right? He needs to start patching holes in the leaky ship and then rebuilding it, right? But you're not going to see a lot happen constructively in the movie division until he appoints his czar. Because remember, he is going to do what Bob Iger did. Bob Iger couldn't run the movie division of Disney, so he went out and got Alan Horn. That's what Bob Iger did. And Alan Horn led Disney into the greatest success, any the greatest 12, 14 years of success that any studio in history has ever had under Alan Horn. It is not rocket science to figure out why David Zaslov's first form call was to Alan Horn. But, but again, he hasn't necessarily appointed Horn as his new czar. He's going to have to appoint a movie czar first. And once he does, that's when you see construction. I expect to see more hatchet swinging, though, in the immediate future. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's next? From King Roman. Is is a Star Wars movie off the table for December 2023? Is 18 months enough time to make a good Star Wars movie from where they are now? Yes, it absolutely is enough time. If they had been working on it pre-production wise under the radar that we haven't heard about, which happens all the time. And if everything is ready to go and they can start shooting three, four months from now, and they've already been working on pre-production and pre-vis and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, December 2023 is on the table. I don't think that's happening, though. No. I don't know, Rob. What do you think about that? No, no, because like you said, the development process of these films, it takes a long time. And they're, it's a year in post, and they haven't even started pre-production yet. You're looking at that probably— That we know of. I mean, they, they well, may that's have, true. right? That, that's true, but you're right. But, I mean, you're looking at 16 weeks of pre-pro after it's been already pre-vis when they start building yep. sets. and Although, I will say this— what they haven't had before is an infrastructure and props. I mean, they were shooting Andor in England. They've got Manhattan's Beach Studios where they've been making all these uh, the other shows here like Mandalorian and, and Boba Fett and Obi-Wan. So they have a big head start now, which is what they didn't have before because they've been making these shows. They can mix and match props and all this other stuff. So, But I don't think so. We would know. All right. What's next? From Harry. I was looking forward to Obi-Wan so much more than I was Stranger Things, but these shows aren't even in the same universe. I liked Obi-Wan quite a lot, but Stranger Things Season 4 is phenomenal. Yeah, I'm hearing really, really good things about, look, we talked about the first, how many minutes did they, eight minutes yeah. of, of the new season they released, and we talked about that, and that looked great. Yeah. So I'm hearing great things about Season 4 of Stranger Things. Again, any, unfortunately, we can't do like an after show for it because Netflix are dumb and they just drop everything all at once. Makes yeah. it impossible for us to do after shows, unfortunately. But I'm very excited to get on this, and I will very soon. All right, what's next? 
From J Master again. Hey crew, John Favreau confirmed his writing he's writing the script and in pre-production for Mandalorian season four before season three of The Mandalorian premieres in February 2023. No surprise. Look, they uh, they obviously already know. Okay, we have had two seasons of Mandalorian. It is a fan favorite. People love it. This is a this is a Mandalorian character who's become more popular than Boba Fett, which was never possible. And they figured out a way to do it. It would be ridiculous and irresponsible of them to not already be working on season Reed. four because obviously it's time to move forward. All right, what's next? From Danita, movie made 151 million opening weekend, including Monday estimates, which is exactly what Ray predicted. I think he can make a good argument for that hot time. No, see, unfortunately, opening weekend always me does never counts the long weekend. Opening weekend is always the three day weekend. Aww. That's it. That's always what it means. And it made Denied. 124. Aww. And by the way, Ray called uh, 155 yep. is what Ray called, which was still short of that. But no, the opening weekend number for Top Gun is 124 million. It might overperform we'll today. Maybe. We'll get there one day. Still, It still doesn't count, though. Still I have faith count. for you, Ray. So there's that movies one. coming up. Yeah. yeah, there's more opportunities. You, you keep Except making bets where John wins nothing. Coming out. Except, one, see, here's the problem, though, Ray. <laughs> one of these days, when the bets get made, it's no longer going to be only me with something to lose. Okay. But one of these days, you're going to want to keep Ooh. making the bets, but you're going to have to put That's something up as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? From Blackjack Hooligan, watched a screening of Star Trek Director's Cut last Wednesday, and it was excellent, Rob. It was my first time seeing it, and it moved me. So thoughtful. Brilliant. Well, you're a man after my own heart. We park our shuttlecraft in the same shuttle bay. All right. Why did that feel dirty? <laughs> I know. That's not supposed to it be dirty. It went so sweetly, but I was like, that just feels, feels it was, like a weird it was Star the Trek come online. It's the delivery. Yeah, it's always about the delivery. <laughs> I mean, you can say, you know, you can have a character saying, have a good day at school, Billy. Or you can say, have a good day at school, Billy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's yeah. <laughs> disturbing how natural that <laughs> felt coming from you. <laughs> That's amazing. That's just not right. Okay, what's next? From Ultimate Angel 1256. Hey, John and crew. I just wanted to say hi and thanks for making my day every day. Oh, Much thank love. you, Ultimate Angel. It's always nice. awesome when somebody wants to write and just say something encouraging. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. All right, what's next? From Raphael. Sending in a $20 super chat. Thank you, Raphael. Maverick is a must-see in the theater. Dolby or IMAX or both. It thrilled me, moved me, gave me everything I needed for a Top Gun sequel and more. No way I'll see it in 4DX. Those jumping seats will make me barf. Oh, they're the uh, best. Yeah, but first of all, thank you for supporting our channel at that level and, and tipping that much. Thank you so much. I'll tell you what, seeing it in the Prime that's got the, the subwoofer bass rumbles in the thing, man, when they're in the jets and they like hit the afterburns and you feel the whole, I got to admit, like I've never been to a 4DX theater. So I, I've got to try that sometime. I love them. But even just the little bass rumble in the seats really added to the experience. I got to say, I liked, mm -hmm. I, I've never liked it as much as I did there. I just don't really pay attention to it in most movies. Right. But in Top Gun, it actually- You can't not. Yeah. You feel it in your soul. <laughs> you feel it in oh, your man. soul. It's intense. All right. What's next? From Matuni. Loved most of Kenobi 1 and 2. Oh, and a $20 super chat. Another chart, so 20 Thank you, you Matuni. Uh, the parallels of Leia and Luke to their parents was very much a Lucas-style theme. Her having a friend getting dressed and him pretending to be a pod racer. Uh, well, actually, you know what? I didn't even think about it on that level. And you're absolutely right. It did. Listen, I I still think maybe, other than Ewan's incredible performance, I still think my favorite part of the show is that little girl. And She's if, incredible. And if you had told me that before watching, you say, hey, listen, it's, uh, Leia is going to be a feature character in here. Little girl Leia is going to have a little girl running around with Obi-Wan. I would have been, oh, God. Oh, God. This is going to be bad. I, and, uh, <clears throat> I actually thought she was 
other than you, and I think she's the strongest thing about the series. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I got to say, it does bother me canonically now. Years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. I talked about this too with Logan. I, I mean, was like, it's, it's like, hey, remember when you rescued me from that that those kidnappers? Is it just so because he keeps saying that, that's not? But no, wait a second. Wait a second. I gotta say, hold on a second. Nothing that said there breaks canon. Not mentioning something is not the same as breaking canon. Yeah, but when she says General Kenobi, years ago you served my father in the Clone yeah. Wars. Yeah, like, hey. Remember when you remember when you saved me from kidnappers, bro? It's got to be short message, short and sweet. I'm, I'm just wondering if, if she's never going to know him as Kenobi, if she's only going to know him as Ben. Maybe. That's the only thing that I can like. Re- well, I'm sure dad now. will let her know yeah. at some point. By the way, he was the guy that got you. But yeah. all right. We'll see. What's bugging next? me? From the Sky Blaze. Saw 86 Top Gun for the first time in 2016, and it didn't live up to the hype for me. Maverick exceeded the hype. One of my favorites of the year so far. Listen, there are... Uh, many people, like my wife, Anne, did not like the original Top Gun. I mean, and, and it's surprising. Like, when I, I remember I put out a tweet after Top, after we saw Top Gun for the first time, and I said, this new Top Gun is in every way better than the original. I was surprised how many people responded by saying, I never actually liked the original Top Gun all that much. Because we think of it as one of the all-time classics, right? But in reality, not a lot of people view it very, very high. Yeah, I mean... I, I look, I like Top Gun, but it is a confection. You know, it's like going to the candy store, going to the state fair and getting a bunch of cotton candy. It is a complete fabrication of the MTV aesthetic. I mean, it it's not doesn't have a lot of substance. It's beautiful to look at. It has a very thinly veiled story, but it, it's lots of volleyball. It, yes, it's not it's not a movie. It, it's definitely a movie that was designed for an, a specific generation. Uh, all right. By the way, Alan Ling, one of our uh, director level members of the channel, who's now been a member for three months, I uh, just wrote and said, hey, John and crew, I missed your show today because well, you're here now, though, because I was seeing Top Gun Maverick and IMAX. Uh, I will rewatch the show later on, but I managed to tune in now. Movie was great. Can't wait for the Steelbook. Well, thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. And thank you for being one of our members, man. I appreciate that. Aww. OK. And getting physical media. Man, and after Rob's heart. All right. What's Absolutely. next? Absolutely. From Temple DC, oh, from Dr. Bright, Minions from Despicable Me versus Ewoks. Who wins? Um, oh, the Ewoks the always Ewoks win. The Ewoks win. They'll eat they, the they, they will eat yeah. them. They will, they will kill They'll them. They'll be the banana. They will kill them slowly and painfully and then eat them. They're Yeah, they're pretty unforgiving. All mm-hmm. right, what's next? From Temple DC, gave a relevance to a story that didn't think was possible after so many years. Oh, that's the top gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, remember, guys, okay. if you're going to write a multiple you got to put it in this number so we know yeah. what to do. But yes, it did. It absolutely did, Temple. All right, what's next? From uh, Raymond, I wish there were more songs in the soundtrack. I don't. I, I think that would have been, it would have been, okay, time for unnecessary montage. Yeah, right. They, they they did that with the 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 one beach thing. I I think it was good enough. Yeah, I mean more songs. That, again, that that was a crutch that they would use in a per, especially in the 80s. Time for a musical montage. This movie had too much emotional beats, character beats. I think music would have distracted. Yeah, I agree. All right, what's next? From Sam Fisher, I'm with Rob. I've always said I want to see a modern day Star Wars story, a story set in a galaxy far far away, but not a long long time ago. Or less of a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, look. Fairly recent time ago. There, yeah. I mean, George Lucas pointed this out before. People take that too literally. <laughs> like, it did not actually happen. Like, it's in our reality. Star Wars is in a completely different reality. It's not, yeah. like, some people, I've had people write over years, what if, like, in the next movie, they discover Earth or something like that? It's like, no, you don't, you don't understand. A long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away is basically George Lucas saying, this is a make-believe world. 
It's so there is no really modern time, but I do want to see these time frames start moving forward, even if it's by a thousand years. All right, what's next? From Stubble McShave, Paramount surely need the money for, um, from Top Gun. Uh, they've been having a good year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this is actually the funny thing is coming out of the pandemic. This is one of the best years they've had in like a decade. So, this, yeah, they're having a good time over there right now. And they're also making aggressive deals with physical media. They just made a deal with Kino Lorber. So, they're actively exploiting their back catalog, which a lot of the studios aren't doing. All right, what's next? From Omar OVO, as a casual Star Wars fan who has only seen the OG trilogy, Episode 3 and Mando, I've got to say, I'm loving Obi-Wan. Hopefully the show keeps staying great. Also, hope y'all are doing good. Again, listen, I, I need to see Episode 3 feel more like Episode 1 than Episode 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Don't get me wrong. I, I liked Episode 2. I like what they did. But it, just to me, it was a, a parkour backflip step down from, I thought, the excellence of episode one episode one was utterly fantastic so i want to see where episode three and four go but very excited to find that out all right what's next from al renshaw if the uh, fantastic four movie never came out then i would say miles teller would be a great choice for reed richards we might get krasinski to reprise the role i'll tell you what however that movie ended up and worked out casting was not the problem because miles teller I, I know that he has his detractors who don't know what the fuck they're talking about because Miles Teller is a phenomenal actor. Yes, he is. Just ask J.K. Simmons what he thinks about Miles Teller. And he's great as Al Ruddy in the... Or- oh my he's, God, he's so good in he's that. He's so good. Now, yeah, again, the, the fantastic movie he was in did not work out. True. But I, I don't think Kate Mara... The, cast, the casting of Kate Mara was the problem. I don't think the casting of uh, Michael oh B. Jordan, Jordan was the problem. The casting of Miles Teller was not the problem. This dude's a fabulous actor. And yeah, you're right. If that movie had never happened, but it did, and they came out and announced that Miles Teller was going to be Reed Richards, I go, yeah, yeah, that would be. I was happy about it when that was originally happening. I was like, oh, that's great for a young Reed Richards. But we did see. Yeah. The last, the last one. Yeah. So yeah, it is what it is. I didn't see it, so actually I'm okay. Oh, so yeah, so you've been your friend. Yeah, Go and you it. never need to, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah you, you never, never need, need to. to. All right, what's next? From uh, Wildebeest, sending in a twenty dollars super Thank chat. Thank you, Wildebeest. Top Gun Maverick took my breath away. Uh huh. I was worried the nostalgia would lead into the danger zone, but I don't think it did. Glad to see this doing well in theaters, as it is a true summer blockbuster that has been missed. Mm. It it really has, and like we were just talking a little bit earlier, man, about the fact that this is probably the most important film of the year right now because of what it is doing and what it's accomplishing. My one, if you guys saw our coverage at CinemaCon when we had just come out of seeing that movie. My one criticism of this movie, and it still is there after I saw it a second time, was that some of its nostalgia moments, they laid on too thick, you know? Um, And we've talked about the scenes. It's like, okay, yes, we get it. He looks like his dad. Okay, we get it. He's got his dad's same mustache. Oh, and he's wearing the same shirt, even though every other pilot there is wearing their uniform. Okay, he's wearing the exact, oh, and he plays piano like his dad. Oh, wait, he's wearing the same sunglasses. Oh, and he's going to play the same song that his dad played 36 years. It's like, okay, we get it. Um, And that's my only complaint about the movie, but it's so overshadowed by the brilliance in it. It's just such a good movie. All right, what's next? From Orlando Orego, I meant second part of my previous chat. I saw Sonic 2 movie a few weeks ago. Great movie. Can't remember what the first part was, Orlando, yeah. but yes, yeah, Sonic 2 was Sonic fun. Sonic 2 was great. It and was now it's delight. streaming. It is streaming. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's out on streaming already. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. All right, what's next? From Jerome, everybody catch up with Barry. Oh, I'm still behind. No, see, I, I love Barry. I and love I have it. not even, look, I mean, I've got Stranger Things I got to get through. I got, there's one or two other things. I got to get Stranger 
the same thing. I, yeah, so no, unfortunately, Barry season three is going to have to wait a little bit longer, mm-hmm. which is too bad. I love that show. Oh, so far, so good. That All right, what's great. next? From uh, Remember Bulldog. Can we raise that up a little bit, Jonathan? Just can't catch the last line. There we go. Top Gun was amazing. This is definitely a movie you see in theaters. Nine out of ten. Had one issue uh, with the villains. Wish the villains had more character development. Yeah, or a country? Or a word a of thing? dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. You know what? This Top Gun is really more like... Um, what's, what is it? Uh, what's the Tom Hanks one again, where he's on the Island? Castaway. Castaway. This is more like Castaway where the antagonist is the environment. Mm -hmm. The, the, the bad guys in this movie are really treated more like an environment. Um, almost like nature, man, because some of these movies, they're not man versus man, they're man versus nature. Mm -hmm. This was played like man versus nature because you never see the enemy. Yeah. You never see the the single face of an enemy. enemy. You don't hear a single line of dialogue from the enemy. It's just and it's just man versus nature in yeah. many ways. And and if pilots still have the same importance in this modern day with technology. Yeah. Do they, Which they kind of skipped over quickly at the bit. beginning of the yeah. movie. I was kind of hoping that'd be a little bit more at the heart of it, but mm-hmm. I still, well, we won't go into details. Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. What's next? From Jamie Sundays. The rewatchability of Top Gun is insane. Basically the Star Wars Death Star trench, uh, trench run. And I love it. Yeah. I mean, you were talking about Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. This is a very rewatchable movie. Again, when I was watching the second time the other night, every bit of experience that I had with the first viewing of it, and I plan on seeing it two or three more times in the big screen. All right. What's next? From Alora X, Top Gun is the first movie I've gone to go see three times in a while. Nice. It is definitely my favorite movie of the year. I can't wait for an open spoiler discussion. Yeah, there's. here's the thing. There is not going to be an open spoiler discussion about Top Gun Maverick. Only because, and if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm going to say. There's not really a lot to talk about as right. far as needing an open spoiler discussion. That one time when he banked left? Woo! Dude, when Goose came back from the dead? Wow. That was crazy. When he had his force ghost show up, it was pretty bananas. <laughs> it was nuts. No, really, there's... there. While we could talk about Top Gun a bunch, there's really not a lot of spoiler stuff to talk about. And that's why we didn't do an open spoiler discussion of Top Gun. But, um, but yeah, but the movie is fantastic. All right, what's next? Hey, hold on. Did you see the... Message from Strange Marvel Theories, who's a producer level. Oh, let me let me double check here. Um, well, I'll just read it. He says, good afternoon, everyone. I'm glad to be here with you all. That's uh, it. Oh, it was a two-month producer level member. Thank you for that, Stranger Marvel Theories. Appreciate that. Okay, and thanks for being a member. I just thank you for being one of our producer level members. That's awesome. Thank you. All right, what's next? From uh, Brandon, Stranger Things 4 is fantastic. Please talk about it. I, I mean, can't talk about what I haven't seen. Yeah. But I will try. I will get on that this week, and uh, then we will discuss it a little bit. But I'm hearing great things about. I it I have right now. one episode left, and that's part of how this show works, though, too, guys. Is there's so much media that we're all watching different stuff. So yeah, I will we're say trying this. to catch up. It's not a spoiler, but I never thought somebody throwing a dice would be suspenseful. <gasps> yes, you know that wasn't in Vegas, uh, but you'll see. You need to play more Dungeons and Dragons, Rob. Well, I wasn't going to mention that, but it has something to do with that. You're going to love You're going to freak one. out. You're going to well, I mean, love episodes so, they, so they much. They even put out a, like, basically the, all of Stranger Things is basically one big Dungeons and Dragons game in many yeah. ways. As a matter of fact, Dungeons and Dragons, they put out a new starter set a couple years ago where the cover of the Dungeons and Dragons thing is Stranger Things like with the Demigorgon and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, they, they, they know well, that to, to mesh. You're going to yeah. love episode one. Yeah. All right. It's going to be your jam. What's next? And then we're ending with support. A Chaps and John Wicked. So thanks so much, you guys. Thank you for sending those in, guys. And guys, 
that'll do it for this Memorial Day installment of the John Campion Show. Thank you so much, everybody. Look, we, we understood. I was telling them before the show started, I was not expecting half of our audience here today with yeah. it being a holiday, holiday. But so many of you guys are here. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us, especially being a holiday. And guys, special thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported our channel as you did it. And all of us involved here with the show, thank you guys so much for your support. I want to thank the people sitting around the table with me. First of all, Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on, on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> RM Burnett. Find me on Twitter, Burnett RM, or find me on my own YouTube channel, Post Geek Singularity, or my website, postgeeksingularity.com. And right beside him, Chris Carr, who didn't go to Celebration, mm -hmm. but where can people find you? You can find me throwing axes in the valley today. Also, you can find me online on Instagram and Twitter at, at actor Chris Carr. Ray Ora's over there. Ray, where can people find you? It's Ray Ora with a zero. And of course, producer Jonathan, who's been running the show today. Where can people find you? On Twitter, Sonic if you want it. And uh, you guys can simply follow me on Instagram or on Twitter, simply at John Campia. All right, guys, that'll do it for us for now. Please make sure you come back and join us for the show tomorrow. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.